Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. One of the great things personally that I love about Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, and I know a lot of you that have gone to Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage, is that when his phone rings, he answers it. That's important. You're making a huge decision, a huge choice when you purchase a property, especially if it's your first property. Your hands are shaking. Dave Flashner is the guy to go to with Stockton Mortgage. Plus, right now, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That's one prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500. That's $2,500 per month in 2023. That's awesome. How do you get a hold of Dave? 561-951-0984. 561-951-0984. Or you go to Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. There it is, episode 69 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, beautiful Roswell, Georgia, sponsored by Stockton Mortgage. That means Dave the Flash Flashner is waiting for your phone calls, even if you got questions. What the hell's going on? What does that mean? A Fed rate hike, the biggest since 1994. Can I still buy a house? Yes, you can still buy a house. It's just how they try to control inflation. They don't want you to borrow as much. That's all it is. Hopefully it's a good thing. Something needs to get fixed, right? Either way, Dave will uh, answer any of those questions. Very knowledgeable, and he picks up his phone. 561-951-0984, stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. I got a really good piece of advice years ago from a coworker and program director, 
and uh, his name's Pat Lynch, still on the air in Orlando, does mornings on WJRR, and he was my boss at one time. And even though we butted heads a lot, uh, I, I ended up listening to him, which was the smart thing to do because he was smarter than I was and uh, had been doing it longer than I was. Anyway, he told me, Jason, you got to live somewhere. That was the only piece of advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was contemplating whether to buy a house. And I think this was my first house that I would, well, first house that I would have bought, that I would have lived in. And I had just gotten married and my contract was coming up. And he says, you got to live somewhere. You know, you figure it out afterwards, but you can't be in fear and not have a place to live. I said, all right. I took that advice, never forgot it. So Dave Flashner will help you out with that. When you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll automatically be entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. That's one prize winner. Maybe you, hopefully you, will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023, which is cool. Nader Vader Tater in Mexico. What's up, buddy? Hola, buenos dias, guys. How you doing? Good. Brandon in the Zelensky Studios there in Noonan, Georgia. How are you, Brandon? Doing good. Yeah. Good day, mates. Yeah. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye, Brandon. <laughs> good eye, Brandon. Tasha. And Jill, our social media correspondent with me here in the Golden Scissors Studio. Hey, fellas. How you doing? People are still asking, when are we doing another Twitch Live thing? Hell yeah. I, I didn't realize it was going to go on for this long. I mean, we did one last week. And people wanted us to do it again. I, I've got to get out. This is your job, Nate. Remember Daniel Dennis told uh, me this, and I told you this, that his partner Tom has to remind him to get out of his own head, get out of his own way, as I have a tendency to do, just being an organized, regimented, radio-formatic guy, being in the business for as long as I have. I got to get out of my own way with this stuff because, in this case, Brandon knows best. And I need to follow this kid's lead uh, because this Twitch thing that we did, you know, even though they're, I, I guess the people that were watching was a good amount for your first one, whatever. To me, it's n not good, but I'm just listening to Brandon tell me it was good. And we made all these strides and done all these things. And just that first little goofy fucking hour of everybody from the network. I mean, it was me. It was Nate. It was Brandon. It was Jill. It was Brandy. It was Lindsay. It was Nikki D. It was Maddie. The only person that wasn't on it was Pee Wee. Um, but uh, people loved it. They want us to do it again. So, Brandon, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> you tell me what to do, and I'm listening. All right? You want to do it weekly now? I don't know about all that. Uh, I don't know if you can get everybody together weekly, to be honest with you. Well, we just set a, you know, I mean, you know, we work around schedules, but, you know, sometimes people will have things to do. We can still do it, you know. Yeah, maybe a mon monthly thing. Uh, oh, damn. I, I, Brent, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was fun. I, I did enjoy it. It was a little too much at times where there's a little bit of, of, of a talk over, which was kind of annoying, but I guess that's okay in Twitch. You just have fucking 50 people talking at one time and people will watch you. If you can watch a kid play a fucking video game for four hours, I guess you can listen to our bullshit and make jokes. <laughs> um, so uh, it was the first time I did it. I enjoyed it. Thank you for introducing me to that world. I liked it. I'm glad it went well. It Thank did you. go well. For a first stream, it went really really well All right. you did good i'm trying i'm trying to put you over as as much as i possibly can you did really really well well thank you because that was all you that was all your idea you were passionate you were 
uh, adamant about setting it up. You got on me to the point where you became overly fucking annoying and you made it happen. So I'm very proud of you for doing that. I, I, that's, that's what, I, when I talk to you about being passionate, you got to just got to find something. I'll get out of your way and do whatever you want me to do. I've done the same thing with Nate. There's so much shit that Nate knows that I don't. Then I'm like, okay, dude, that's why I ask him. If that's the way you want to do it, that's the way we're going to do it. Because you know best. I don't know everything. But in this case, you're the man. Brandon Thrasher's the man. Round of applause for Brandon. Everybody. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. He's like, I'm pulling that as a snap right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one will be probably done five different ways on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. <laughs> I'm going to remember this day the rest of my life. So. Anyway, I'm not still streaming, right? After all these days, it's off. No. That's what I'm terrified about. It's going to just <laughs> fucking roll in my studio and to come down here and do some naked yoga one day and be like, hey, look at the fat dude, you know, the naked yoga. You know, that kind of thing. So it's off, right? Turn it off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're, we're off. I wish I, had we'll an actual, I wish I had an actual button. That could, the one thing that I liked about it <clears throat> was the instant feedback. I miss that. That's the one thing about radio that I miss. The instant feedback, the live challenge of sink or swim, of setting people up, uh, chemistry and all that stuff. I mean, we've got the chemistry stuff down, but I miss the, the the live challenge. And that was the live challenge. And I was nervous. And Nate was like, you know, you've done live radio for three decades. <laughs> I said, I know, but it's different. I don't know why I'm terrified of this audience because they're going to be brutal, right? Like, like you're going to get some kid that's like, well, man, you're taking all my viewers away. I'm in the middle of Halo stage four where I'm getting ready to fight the Donkey Kong. And for some reason, they think your fucking jokes about melted Snickers bars are funnier, you know, like, oh, okay. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> that, that was actually in the stream. Maddie, Maddie took a shot of his partner from not your typical tea with Nikki D and Maddie and said that she looked Nikki D naked. looks like melted Snickers. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, why are they friends? They seem like they're always fighting when, uh, whenever we have them on. <laughs> it, it, it's it, that's just, that's their dynamic though, because he can get away with it because he's gay and, and like gay guys can get like, I wish I were gay. Because the shit that you can get away with is amazing. Like, you can grab boobs and chicks are appreciative. You can go into the women's room and they're cool with it. You can say that you look fat. You can tell a woman she looks fat and they say thank you. I mean, the shit that gay guys get away with is remarkable. That's why I've always wanted to be gay. You know, I've even tried it a couple of times. It just didn't stick, you know. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did you say gross? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm joking. I haven't tried it, but I get you know, it. No, it's with the, the stick thing. I was thinking that, that Brandon, you probably know that um, that Superman, that hoe, that song. Oh, Soldier Boy. Boy. Yeah. 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 What, like what, what the Superman actually is. What is it? Oh, oh I know like, what it is. What is it? It's when you uh, release on someone's back and you stick the sheets to them and it's like a Superman cape. <laughs> I, I've never known that. Is that yeah. true? I've heard of yeah, that. Like, I've never experienced it, but apparently it's a thing. Really? Yeah. I guess. That's why you Superman that hoe. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's show. That's show. 
So Don't do that to ladies. When that song came yeah. out, I mean, it was it was huge. Everybody was doing that dance, you know. So this dude, that Soldier Boy guy, was like, "Y'all are stupid." <laughs> They're playing like our fifth grade dances too. I, yeah. I, I remember watching. It was probably like on ESPN or something. It was the University of Texas, and they all were doing the Soldier Boy in the huddle. And I thought, like, before they went out on the field when they huddled up, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool, dude!" Now, not so cool. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe not <laughs> a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a lot of these, not that I spend a lot of time on TikTok. The only reason I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok is because it's so addicting. Like I just won't get off my phone. You know, whoever Mr. Talk is that invented this fucking app is genius because like you get on TikTok and it's just one after another. It's like Netflix and in 10 second in- uh, increments where it just go. It doesn't even give you the next episode starts in 15 seconds. It just goes to the next one. Right. And uh, but there's you know, there's always these. T- there, you got to scroll. Mine just goes. It goes like from one video to another. You on TikTok or Instagram reels. TikTok, reels I automatically, think. I think. Is it one of them does it? I'm thinking, I thought it was TikTok that it would just go to the next one. Oh, Instagram stories does that. It'll okay. just keep playing unless you swipe out. Yeah. Well, whatever I'm watching, and, and, and I know I'm on the TikTok every one because I was on it the other day. That's how I came up with this conversation is there's, there's a trend. There's always a trend on these different things. And there's a trend of women in gyms filming themselves and then calling out anybody that's staring at them which I think is really dick, uh, you know, because you don't know. I mean, like if it's like there's some that are overly obvious, right? And I think that most of these women are taking these videos for that reason and that reason only. Not so much to watch themselves work out and whatever the case may be and look sexy in their little outfits. I think they're trying to find guys that are that are staring at them. But if you're a good-looking woman, of course a guy's going to steer you. That's just human nature. I mean, I know that there's a gray area, especially now more than ever, um, of you know what we'd consider creepy or, or disrespectful or something. But a guy is a guy. I mean, if he sees a beautiful woman, he's going to look at you. I've seen women that are so beautiful that I can't stop staring at them. I would think that's flattering to a woman, right? I find it flattering. One of these women all get pissy and they're very combative and militant. And they're like, like this one video I saw, this guy who works at the gym was on the other side of the gym. And she was making like kind of a, she's, she's in this little outfit, right? And she's making kind of a big deal. She's not even working out yet. She's like adjusting this and adjusting. It was more like a fashion show than anything else. And in the back, you see this big black guy that works at the gym, and he kind of glances, he kind of stares at her. I mean, he's not gawking her. He's not moving towards her. I didn't think he was creepy. Just a good-looking girl, a good-looking guy. He sees her, and he stares, you know, for a couple seconds or whatever the case may be. And I even think he turned around after that, and then he turned back around to look at her. She's beautiful. He can't stop staring. She then calls him out and says, are you okay? Are you okay? Versus, you know, a different way of combating it saying, hey, look, I I, I know you're looking over here at something. I mean, I think it's kind of egotistical that you're automatically thinking that they're staring at you, right? 
you know, say, hey, look, I know you're looking over this way. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I don't know what you're looking at, but if you don't mind, um, would you not do that? And, you know, kind of do one of those chick shrug shoulders, eye, you know, things. And I'm sure he would be cool about it because he's not necessarily getting called out, but he's getting called out. But she's combative. She's like, you got everything okay? You got a problem? You know, you seeing what you're seeing? And, you know, that kind of thing. And the guy now is on the defensive. Right. It's like when you tell somebody to be quiet at a movie theater, it's how you ask them to be quiet. If you call them out in front of everybody, they're going to be on the defense. And this guy goes on the defense and he says, excuse me, I'm not staring at you. And of course, then she pulls the I've got it on tape. You know, I've got it on video kind of thing. And he goes, "Okay, well, I was looking at something else. I wasn't looking at you. Then he gets so defensive. He becomes the biggest asshole in the room by saying, uh, well, uh, you're being disruptive in my gym. I'm going to kick you out. If you don't leave, I'm calling the cops. Do you want me to call the cops? Now he's trying to get the upper hand of the conversation because he's embarrassed. Right? She's embarrassed him. So she goes, fine, call the cops. So the video ends with him walking away, calling the cops, whether he did or not, who the fuck knows. But this could have been easily settled way beforehand. But I don't understand why this new thing with women um, is please this new thing with women where they don't the, like if a guy looks at them for any amount of time, they get scared or they think it's this uh, disgusting or disrespectful. That's what guys do. Just like that's what women do. If you see a good looking guy, you never see a guy on TikTok or any of these things going, this chick's staring at me. You know, I'm calling her out. You just never see it because that's the guy girl thing. That's always been and should always be right. Am I wrong here? Am I off? That yeah, damn, you're wrong. The oh, damn okay. Me Too movement started it. <laughs> okay. No, it's all it's 100% always been rude to stare at anybody since ever. That staring has always been rude. I, I don't know why you guys think this is new, but looking, I mean, that's the thing in a gym. If you are going to look at someone, you glance at them. Be smart about it. Be a guy. Just do it at side eye, whatever you glance. Staring is rude. And staring, and it actually goes back to um, kind of like a instinctual thing because when an animal stares at another animal, that means you're going to attack them or you're after them or you're trying to get them. So that staring has always been rude within humans. Okay, so I, I, I should have said that. I agree with you. That, that's what I was saying is that there's a way to do I mean, you don't have to gawk. I think I used the word gawk. Yeah. Glance is a good word. And there's a way to glance and look. But there's also, if you're single, I mean, Nate, you you in a bar, looking across the bar at a girl, keeping your, you want to make sure that they see you, see them. You're staring. You're not glancing. You're staring. It's not rude. You're just trying to get noticed. That's that's been a thing forever. That's flirting. Right. You have to get eye contact. Yeah, but I think Jim maybe isn't the place for that. But the staring, um, the time um, or amount of staring correlates to how attractive you are so if you are ugly and you're staring you're a fucking creeper if you're a good looking guy and you're staring it's a it's a a compliment yeah but i mean that's sad that that's how that is but yes you are correct (laughs) think about like jill like if if there is you know some i don't know harry styles or some good looking guy or something staring at you yeah yeah brandon yeah (laughs) but yeah if there's some good looking guy staring at you you might be like oh that guy's looking at me if I'll let it go a 60, on a little longer. Yeah, exactly. But if there's like a 60-year-old man with, uh, you know, his pants unzipped and he, he's staring at you, you're probably going to call the police. They're doing the same thing. One's just more attractive than the other. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't call the police on someone for just staring at you, right? It's not illegal. 
But if he's your pants are down, maybe. But if uh, <laughs> yeah. but if a guy is like following you down the street or something, that's not technically illegal. But you're gonna maybe call the police on them if they're being creepy, where you think that they might come after you. And that's when that's when profiling comes into play, which everybody has a supposed problem with, you know. Because but everybody does it, but very few people want to admit to it. You know, because you're profiling, you, you, you just defined it. You're in the gym and an ugly guy is staring, glancing, gawking, whatever you want to call it. You're profiling because of the way he looks. You're automatically thinking he's a creeper. But a good looking guy does it. Your profile is he's not a creeper. He's interested because I'm a good looking girl. That's a profile. Yeah, kind of. I think oh, it's sure. more their their attract. Like it'd be who Jill is attracted to. I think it's just more of a personal preference. Than, than not. So do you have a, a time limit, Jill? With a guy? I mean, you're a single, attractive woman. Thank you. And you, you're out, you, you're active, you go to the gym, you uh, work at Pontoon Brewing here in, in, in Georgia, in Atlanta, and you see guys all the time. I'm sure you're hit on in that environment. Uh, you, you probably feel eyes on you when you give them a beer and you walk away. They're like, he's checking out my, my ass or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably have come to the realization is if I'm going to work in this business, I just have to accept it. But there comes a, a, a boiling point where you're like, enough is enough. What is that? Yeah. I mean, if you're just, uh, this actually did happen. If you're just sitting there like staring for more than, I mean, let's say more than like, I don't know, five seconds, then it gets a little creepy if there's no approach. Like five if you're seconds. just, sta- yeah, like, you know, you can give someone a little look, but then like look away. If you're just sitting there staring at them for minutes, it gets a little creepy. Yeah, but they don't know that you know that they're staring at you. So you have to, that's why I'm saying the guys are getting the wrong end of the deal here. We know. What you know, but they don't know. And if they're staring at you, there's a good chance that they want you to see them staring at you. Because why else would you? I mean, yeah, you can stare and, you know, imagine and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I would think that you're trying to flirt. You're trying to meet them. You're trying to pick them up. You're trying to think of something to say. You're trying to observe something that they're doing that you can comment on. You know, I mean, I've been there, done that. I've, I've, I've stared. And I flirted, and it's worked, and I've never been called a creeper in my life. Um, I think your face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you stared at somebody, and then the at the gym or something. The girl's like, "Did you see that guy staring at us? What a creeper!" Possibly. But, I don't. I don't stare as much now. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's disrespectful if you're married, and especially if you're. You know, Rach and I go to the gym together, so like to to do that, you know, I think is rude. You know, I wouldn't appreciate her doing that to me. See, I think it's the opposite. I think you're confusing. You think that everybody's trying to date everyone that's staring at him. Most of the, like the gym that I go to, most of the guys are staring at the girls just because they're admiring them. Cause they're like, Oh, that chick's nipples are sticking out or look at the ass on that one. <laughs> most of them are those, those married guys that, that most married guys have that rule. It's like, look, but don't touch. Um, so I think they're just kind of oogling or ogling or whatever, uh, different girls. I think it's narcissistic, though, to automatically think that everyone is staring at you. I could never say that. Like, you know, I, I, I go to the gym all the time, and I'm sure some chicks are checking the kid out. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, even if I saw somebody staring, I, I wouldn't think they were staring at me. Um, I get guys that stare at me just because they're, they're, they're fans of either the podcast or from the radio show. You know, and you get kind of that awkward, it's like, you, Jason, you know, that kind of thing. Um, or I'll stare at somebody that I think I know. And you're sitting there and you kind of get 
caught up in your own head and going, God, where do I know that guy from? And you just keep staring, <laughs> you know, so and I've, I've gotten caught in situations where I'm just staring at dudes and the dude comes over. He's like, you got a problem. I'm like, Oh bro, I am so fucking sorry. I, I are you, you know, I was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. I thought so. Uh, I was just trying to put it in place, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to pick you up. <laughs> I, I actually, that happened not that long ago. I thought the guy was going to kill me. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm just trying to place you, you know, my bad. But you know, as a guy, you know, unless you're the upper echelon of guys and none of us here on the show are, um, the, the, we don't get stared at that. We know of that. We don't see women don't make it apparent that they're staring at us, but there's been a time in your life, Nate, you know, you were a big daddy bang, bang junior back in the day. And you know, you're an attractive guy and uh, you're a free spirit. You're a likable guy. You have an aura, a smile that uh, attracts a crowd. I'm not trying to bang you. I'm just giving some facts, some stats. Why are you staring at me right now? Are you trying to come on to me? <laughs> so, so you, when you've had a woman stare at you and flirt with you before, correct? Yeah. And how did you feel? Well, it depends on who they are. Like I said, what they look like. If it's somebody that I'm also was also interested in, then it makes you feel good. If it's somebody that you are not interested in, you're like, what do they want? Are they gonna come talk? Are they asking me about my 401k or something? <laughs> But if it's in the setting, you know, let me give you an example. Uh, this is really one of the very few times that I can remember a woman picking me up by staring. And this was so long ago. But the only reason I remember it is because it ended poorly for me. And she had the most beautiful crystal blue eyes that I've ever seen. And uh, the this was at Taboo up in the VIP. It's dark. The only, you know, there's dimmed lights, but it's a night, it was a 90 style nightclub, right? And this beautiful girl just staring at me, just, I mean, just like mind, eye banging me. I mean, whatever you want to call it. And so she approaches me, right? Cause I'm staring back, you know, but I'm trying to play it cool. This is when, you know, you would have the moves and all that stuff. You know, you got my buddy with me as dude, Rich was with me and I'm, like, hey, you see that girl over there? And I was like, and look over and just kind of smile and do one of these nods. Up. She's maybe 15 feet from me. And then eventually she comes over and I, you know, took her home that night and slept with her. And, um, and, uh, it wasn't the greatest experience because she stayed the night and the next day, her clothes on the floor, just some, I didn't like her panties. And it was so, and I think she peed in the shower. We got in the shower and it was weird. <laughs> so, uh, so I just never called her back, right? So the next week we're at Taboo and I'm with the same buddy, this guy, Rich, and same spot at the bar right there in the middle, you know, and you all, you know, I, I learned at a very young age when you're single, you never go out trying to find somebody because it never works. If you do, you go out to have a good time. And if you go out to have a good time, usually we'll come home with a slam piece. And, and so, uh, same place, same bar, whatever, it was just like a repeat and same spot. I see this girl just again, just looking at me so, and I'm going, Oh my God, I got it going on. You know? And I tell my buddy, I'm like, dude, this is two weeks in a row, same spot girls in the same spot. And she's like, she's undressing me with her. I see this. This is great. This is I'm two for two. This is bragging rights. We're coming back again. I'm going three for three, dude. And she makes her way over and she starts talking to me and she says, uh, I said, Hey, how you doing? I'm Jason. And, you know, and 
And she goes, I know. I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh, she goes, do you know my name? And I said, no, but I can't wait to find out. And she goes, well, I slept in your bed last weekend. It was the same girl. Ooh. Same fucking girl. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. And uh, I was like, I'm so embarrassed. Did you change your hair or something? Nope. I was like, what are the chances of you coming back over tonight? Slim to none. Have a good evening. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> you know, my bad. I mean, if I would have remembered her, I think she did change her hair or something, though. Uh, but I just forgot her. You know, it was a week, a long week. You know, but the, I remember the initial, her eyes. Like, I can see it right now. She's a beautiful crystal eyes. Just under, and I was so flattered because I'm like, a good guys don't get hit on as much as girls do. This is true. You know, it's tough for guys you know, now it's all the internet era and the apps and stuff like that. But most guys that are on these apps, they aren't looking for a relationship or true love. They're just looking for sex. And and and, and it's so it's tough to find your soulmate or somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with in today's dating world. I think so, at least, you know, um, but you've got to stare. You've got to stare. I, I couldn't keep my eyes off Rach when I first when I first saw her. She was miserable when she came in as the GM of this restaurant and we were doing a promotion and they had me out there and stuff. And she brought the, the, the ad guy, the marketing guy who I had known for years had brought two of the waitresses. And this was one of those like sexy waitress types. Of she was the GM. She didn't wear the outfits, but, and these two beautiful blonde bombshells were given orders. They were, they were already fans and they were all into me, um, but they were given orders as Rach would say to do grab ass and they were all, we're in the green room and they're flirting and this and this and that. I wanted nothing to do with them. I see this beautiful, jet black haired, gray business pantsuit wearing, miserable woman not wanting to be there, had no clue who I was or what I did or where she was or what was about to happen. And I was the biggest turn on. Could not, could not stop thinking about her, could not stop looking at her. And then when I went and did the appearance, and she's running around the restaurant as I'm doing my thing, I couldn't focus. I could not stop looking oh. at her. I thought she was drop-dead gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Still to this day, I think the same thing. Um, you know, so she didn't think I was a creeper. She actually, you know, gave me her phone number, a little floozy. <laughs> But it's all about the approach. Like you stared, but then you made your intentions known. How did you, how did you approach her? Um, I just, you know, did big, big daddy bang bang stuff, you know, just. Yeah. See that name on the banner. That's me. I'm Bailey. (laughs) See that name on the banner. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you look me up on the website, you'll find me kind of a big deal in the WWW, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, it was just normal conversation. We're, ta- we're talking about how we met and how I was just so attracted to you. Yeah, because I was a bitch and I hated you. Yeah, <laughs> she was bitchy, you know. I, I'm attracted to women that are bitchy. Guys love bitches. Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Why does he want to be with me? I've been treating him horribly for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't understand why women are, like, calling these guys out. I mean, and it's every video I've seen, for the most part has not been an over-the-top creep alert. They're just dudes that are glancing, possibly minor staring. Chalk it up as flattering. I don't know. I got to see these videos because I don't know the trend that you're talking about. Well, I might just Yeah, because trend most of the phone. girls that are filming themselves in the gym are doing it for real. They don't care. They, they have no problem because they're putting it on social media for people to look at. Uh, but I think the right. staring thing is, is creepy because... 
Um, it, it's just creepy to stare. If you if you are interested, you go talk to him. You don't stare at somebody. You go up to him, say, "Hey, how you doing?" And then you start a conversation. That's the creepy part: staring and not making a conversation. One hundred percent. But you know, you make a good point. Is all these you know sp- female social media influencers and Instagram models, as the term is, you you and you have a million plus followers. What the fuck do you think these people are doing? This is true. They're staring at your picture as you pose with your ass hiked out in a G-string hanging over a balcony on the pool area. They're staring. You just don't see them staring. But it's the same concept. And then you go to the gym and somebody does it in real life, reality versus fantasy, and you have a problem with it? Why? Well, I think most of the most of the time people are going to the gym to work out. They're not going to like be gawked at. Then, then we, don't dress to be gawked at. I mean, if well, I we should be able to wear cute outfits to the gym. If if I, I go, be able to wear whatever, whatever if, I want. If I go to the gym wearing just bike shorts and a half shirt, you know, or a one piece body glove wetsuit, people are gonna fucking stare at me, right? It's just, I mean, it's you, well, that that'd just be weird. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I've seen I've seen dudes in the gym that in my opinion, dressed pretty fucking weird. Like older guys with the old school. <clears throat> there was a guy that wore, you know, the tank top that has very little material. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a little bit of clothes that goes between his, I mean, in good shape, but not the greatest. I mean, not, nobody should be wearing that. Let's just put it that way. And underneath he's got fucking bike shorts, you know, so you can see everything. <laughs> and, and, and he's got little shoes on with big socks. I mean, fucking weird shit, dude. I'm staring. <laughs> Because it's not normal. Um, he's got to know that. If you don't care, pff, all the power to you. But if you dress like that, I'm going to fucking stare at you. You know, the guy that's all wrapped up, he's got the belt, he's got the knee wraps, got the elbow wraps, got a helmet on, got the gloves, <laughs> got everything. Walking around with a chain hanging from his neck. I'm going to fucking stare at you <laughs> because it's odd. <laughs> you know, if you're a chick and you're barely wearing anything and you're in an attractive outfit, don't take this the wrong way, people. I'm not saying, like, she deserved to get raped. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if the outfit attracts attention, in a positive, like, people are, you look good in that outfit, yes, you have every right to wear whatever you want, but expect people to also admire what you're admiring. It's a form of flattery. That's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to say. People are, I feel like nowadays, people are pretty fucking overly sensitive, too. It's like, okay, relax. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't I don't think these girls really give a damn. I think they know they're going to post it on there and then people are going to talk about it. There's going to be controversy. They're going to get the views. They're going to get paid. And then they're going to end up on a, a podcast. Yeah. We're talking about it. Look, they're getting free exposure. Now, some girls are going to be like, oh, I'll go to the gym. This happens all the time. I should uh, video someone staring at me for five seconds and then complain about it on social media. And Maybe. people will blow it up. There, there, was a, there was the reverse of this where, oh, which I thought was extremely narcissistic, even more then the women calling the guys out for guys staring at them was the guy that didn't stare at them. And this woman, you know, in her little sexy outfit was doing squats, right? Cause that's all women do in the gym is legs. And, and she's doing squats and she's beautiful and great ass, great body and all that stuff. And there was a good looking guy, uh, working out right next to her and she's filming herself working out and he not once looks over. So she posts it to the social media saying, you know, here's a true gentleman that's not staring at me. But like, what the fuck, man? Now you're calling this dude out 
because he didn't stare at you. <laughs> now the internet is going to be 50-50 split. Like, what's wrong with you, dude? Why aren't you staring at this chick? But you think you're that hot that everybody needs to stare at you because you're doing squats? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, that's like the reverse is even worse, in my opinion. It's like a lose-lose situation. You just stop <laughs> posting the videos and calling dudes out. I mean, unless it's over the top where you are in fear of your life or something like that. That I can understand. But, you know, you don't know what this dude's looking at. The guy could be looking past you. He could be looking at the, the, the it was like, oh, there's the 50-pound dumbbells over there. And your ass just happens to be in the way. He could be checking your form. <laughs> yeah, he could be checking your form, especially the last guy that works at the gym. You know, I look at people's form all the time or what they're doing, especially if it's an exercise that I'm not familiar with. You know, I think there's a difference between creepingly staring and observingly glancing. Right? Would you I agree? Would you agree with As that? As a woman, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you do a little glance, that's fine. I mean, that happens with everyone. You make eye contact on accident and you look away or whatever. I think they would be getting upset about somebody that's just gawking and just being creepy. And you think the older you get, the more you stare? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. It's just like old people. They just don't give a fuck. They're just, eh, I'm just going to steal this. Nobody cares. I'm 90. Uh, I think it's the same thing with older people. Like, they're just like, whatever, what are they going to do? We feel, according to uh, this story I read, we feel the sexiest at age 53. 53? Mm-hmm. Men or women? Uh, self-esteem must skyrocket as we age. Well, let me see if I can answer your question. Or we just lose touch with reality because this seems higher than you'd expect. A dating app for seniors called Our Time oh. <laughs> pulled a bunch. Our time of, is short. <laughs> <laughs> pulled a bunch of people fifty and up and asked how old they were when they felt the sexiest. The average answer was fifty-three years of age. Forty percent said they've stopped worrying about what other people think of them. Which, in my opinion, would be when you become the sexiest, when you stop caring what other people think. So that probably has something to do with it. 41% say they're more confident about their looks now than they used to be. I think the older you get, the more comfortable you feel because you stop caring. Especially if you're in a relationship. You're like, well, this is it. I'm not going anywhere. She's locked in. You know, It took them 53 years to stop caring. At that point, you might as well just care till you die. There's been half your life, Karen. Well, you think about it, Brandon, yeah. and, and you know, Brandon's like, I'm 23 and I don't care. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you're, you're you're an anomaly. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you you you're kind of a, a you're different, but you think about it, especially for women, you know, in their 20s, that's all they that's all they think about is what other people think. Teenagers the same way. My daughter's had to have a talk with her about this the other day about not care, not letting other people dictate your day, right? And your plans and your decisions and you, you do you. Had to have that big talk with her. But that's natural. That's normal for a teenager. That's normal for a 20-something-year-old. I think when you get into your 30s, like you, Jill, and Nate, especially Nate on the tail end of that, you're like, and married with Nate, like, I won. You know, there's nothing else for me to do. I want to look good and continue to look good to feel better about myself, but I won the game. Right? I feel like I won the game. I, you know, I don't. I'm not. I don't need to go out there and find something. You know, for guys that cheat, I don't get it. I've never been a cheater. I don't like cheaters. I hate cheating. Um. So yeah, fifty three. Yeah. 
I think they're lying. They're all liars. There's no way that these people are, um, you know, some guy that's big old beer belly out on the beach or, or some granny that has her saggy boobies are sitting there going, <laughs> you know, I do feel the sexiest now. Not when I had six pack and per- perky titties. No, now is the sexiest time in my life. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I they got to keep that mindset. They have to. That's all they got. But but yeah. I, th- I think there's variables to this. Like they, they're not breaking down what type of people they spoke to. Because there's a difference between looking good in your 20s, feeling good in your 20s, and looking good and feeling good in your 50s, or in my case, late 40s. Like, I can honestly tell you right now at 47, I feel, well, minus, you know, some some injuries that have crept up on me with age. But, you know, as far as the way that I look and I feel in my clothes, I feel better today than I can remember in a very long time even when I was in my 20s. Because remember, when I was playing football, I was heavy. I had a 44-inch waist, if not 46, 254. Now I was strong, I was big, I was athletic. Um, but I didn't even feel comfortable in my skin because I was still heavy, you know. Now I feel great. Uh, I feel better than I ever have. I look better, I think, than I ever have. You know, that's because of the Nuberti stuff. But um, that's what my point is. The older you get, if you're to that point where you feel good, then you can say this is the sexiest I've ever felt. Yeah, I still don't believe it. <laughs> still don't believe it. I think they're just lying into themselves, but I mean if they feel good about themselves, that's good for them. But I just don't think I don't I know they probably talk to older people so they could say so they could compare between younger or older, but I can tell you right now at 30, 38 that I, the sexiest I've ever felt isn't going to be 50 or 60 or 70. It's going to be when you were younger and you felt like we were just talking about with the staring. The The reason it's weird now is because we don't get those girls that come up to us or stare at us anymore. We're the like I've always talked about my friend requests back in college or in your 20s would always you know, Oh, who's this hot chick? She wants to be friends with me. Now I get, you know, 50 year old truck drivers every day. So it's uh, you, you the people that are attracted to you definitely change over time. And uh, I feel like I felt better or sexier when I was younger because you you're you're the same as me we're always we're uh, gotta lose five pounds gotta lose 10 pounds so we don't feel like we did when we were you know maybe not with you in in high school or whatever but you were you're in like really good shape too so I would think that would be your sexiest time yeah but I'll take what I got now you know I'll never look like that but at 47 if I'm gonna look like anything I'm I'm, I'm good here um, but let's be honest have you ever heard a guy say I look sexy like to themselves, like, God, tonight's the night. I look really sexy. I mean, without it being a joke, no guy has ever called themselves sexy. That's a woman thing to do. Where, oh, my God, and a girlfriend to a, a, a woman thing. Like, where your girlfriend would be like, oh, my God, girl, those pants, sexy. So you think, no guy, like, Nate, you and I are going to go out, and Brandon's with us, and Brandon puts on his best duds to go out to whatever we're doing. And Nate looks at him and goes, Damn boy, you looking sexy. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not sexy, but uh, I guess better would be attractive. And I feel like we've all felt like that. You know, when you're in your 20s and you're going out to the club and Jason, you got your shiny shirt on and you're, you know, looking good in the mirror, you're like, "Fuck yeah, I look I look attractive. I look sexy. Maybe not sexy, but I look hot." Yeah, I've never want some of this. I've never felt sexy or looked sexy. I know Rachel used the word sexy. 
you know, she's wearing something specific, especially before bed or something like that, you know, and then you want to compliment them. Say, God, that's sexy. You know, women like that kind of stuff, but you know, are guys sexy. Do you look at guys? Like if you dated a guy or picked up a guy or a guy picked you up and gone, that guy said, you tell your girlfriend, you're like, hell that, yeah. That's that guy, like the goal. Oh, that's the goal. That's yeah, it. Okay. You're trying to find someone that you find very attractive. Oh, like sexy. You, but you said attractive. We're talking sexy. Yeah. Okay, there's a Sexy. Little, little guys are saying, I'm an attractive guy. That's an attractive guy. No guy's going to say, oh, that's a sexy guy. Women will say to about another woman, that's a sexy woman. Mm-hmm. That outfit's sexy. Guys are not saying that to each other. No, y'all got to say what? Damn, bro, that's dope. No, we said it's attractive. <laughs> so so what is what is sexy? You're looking at a guy, what's sexy? I mean, I guess it's also situational. Because like, if I'm just out and about and I see a guy... That's, you know, like fully clothed and whatever, just living his life. I'm probably not going to be like, oh, damn, that's sexy. But if you're like, I hate to say it, we were just talking about it. But if you're at the gym and you're getting your pump on and you're like all sweaty or you're at the pool, shirt off, something like that, sexy. Does he have to have abs or can he have a little bit of a belly? It, it's situational. You don't have to have abs. Just, I think it's also with the personality. Well proportioned. Yeah. Well, okay. So the per- personality, yes, personality and sense of humor rules overall, but you don't start out with that. You start out with the look. Every it's it's always you've got to be sexually attracted to somebody from a distance before you get to the personality, right? Correct. Okay, so he can have a little bit of a belly just as well, as long as he's well proportioned. Yeah, but I guess you're right. I guess that's more of an or attractive attraction. Yeah. Um, but the sexy comes with the personality, I think. Sexy comes with the personality. Yeah, because you got to meet. That's or at least it's me. Um, once makes, I meet somebody, if you're hilarious, that's sexy. That's what makes me sexy. Is my sexy. personality. Got to have a great personality. My shiny. Because you can be attractive. Is Brandon and not have a personality? Is there anything about Brandon that's sexy? I think Brandon's fucking hilarious. That's sexy. Okay, so because yeah. you find him bottom teeth, like <laughs> that's not sexy. <laughs> then he watermelon sugar right there. <laughs> then, then, then he ruins it by doing one of those things. You know, have you ever had a woman call you sexy, Brandon? Yeah, back in the day when I was playing sports all the time, and then I just kind of let myself go. But it was back in the day. The most fit I ever was between 7th and ninth grade before I broke my leg. Mm-hmm. I was playing sports every single day for three years straight, yeah. football and soccer. Yeah, You were you sexy in 7th grade? Oh, yeah. That that's a big word throwing around, you know? That's weird that the last time <laughs> you can remember being sexy was in 7th grade. Well, I broke my leg, and shit kind of went downhill after that. Yeah. But it was from the male gym teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you've let yourself go since we've known you. I mean, I remember yeah. when you had a resurgence with us and popped up and Nate and I looked at each other like, who's the, who's the guy that let himself go so much? You know, that's, that's me. I ate the old one. That's, that's <laughs> I ate the old one. <laughs> I drank the old one. <laughs> that's fine. So there you go. Stop doing the videos, ladies. Um, very narcissistic. It's not a good look. But it gets you views, so I recommend doing it. It does get you views. Maybe we should, like, when we go to the gym, um, well, let me talk to Nate on this one. Like, Nate, when we go to the gym, we should take some videos and do the exact same thing and just point out a woman in the back and go, she's staring at me. She's going to stop doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, if we were filming ourselves at the gym, they would be staring at us. They'd be like, why are those guys with dad bots filming themselves? <laughs> <laughs> I see it a lot, a lot more than I'd like to, especially the new gym that I go to. That place is... Uh, like, thank God they've got good Wi-Fi because these people cannot work out without their phones. 
It drives me insane. Like I have a rule not to have my phone out during the gym. Like that's my, that's my break. That's my off the grid moment. If at all possible. Now, yes, granted, if one of you guys text me, it'll pop up on my watch. If I need to get back to you immediately, I will. Um, but the phone doesn't come out of the bag. It stays in the bag. <laughs> I am a very rare breed because these motherfuckers will sit on a piece of equipment for 30 plus minutes just looking at their phone. I don't know if they're trying to find their next song or what, but it's bad. That's why I suggested to the gym that they should have uh, gym police to go around and, and give people tickets if they're on their <laughs> phone too long and have like a little siren. <laughs> and write him a little ticket right there on the beach. Or, I mean, uh, on the bench. I think that's funny. Uh, before we get to Nate's Mexico moment, uh, if you got an email from Jill this week, make sure you're checking your emails uh, because we gave out the Liger King beer. Liger King beer. Uh, we are giving out the Liger King beer this week, I should say. So uh, also we're going to have Jeff Lowe and uh, Lauren Lowe from Tiger King on Let's Talk To. The, the new episodes that we started doing last week, we had Bashir Saladin this week, Jeff Lowe. You're going to be, I think, really blown away by this conversation. If you watch Tiger King or know anything about it, you might have a difference of opinion on Jeff Lowe. And on top of that, you're going to learn things that you have not read on the internet or seen in Tiger King 1 or Tiger King 2. Jeff, I think, really likes us. And we've developed a rapport where he just, whew, everything. Uh, so that'll be on this week's uh, Let's Talk To. On the website, right, um, podcastthebs.com, uh, please, 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 please uh, sign up for the newsletter, so on and so forth, all right? Also this week, we'll have Howie D on Friday's show. Howie D on Friday's yeah. show. So that'll be cool. From the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Uh, Nate, you ready for your Mexico moment? Yes, sir. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. Yeah, good. All right. So Alexis and I went to our first uh, Mexican movie theater. Um, then we saw Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. Great movie. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And I, she had actually never seen the first one. Uh, so, so I watched, we, I had her watch it the night before. And so we could watch and do the, the little Easter eggs that you guys were talking about. I definitely noticed them because of watching it the night before I caught some of the, the little mentions of certain things. And, and I wouldn't have gotten that penny, um, connection if you hadn't, yeah, if you hadn't uh, told me about it. So I'm glad we watched it. Although there is one funny part at the end of the first one where Alexis, the whole movie, she was like kind of cracking up cause it's, you know, a cheesy eighties movie, but at the very end, when um, when uh, Maverick saves Iceman, and he's like, he's telling him to get out of the way so he can shoot him, and he's like, on the count of three, pull hard to the left, and then Tom Cruise goes, three, two, one, uh, and we both look at each other like, usually when on the count of three, you start at one, you don't go three, two, one. So he just said three right away. And we, I was could have screwed up the whole thing. Iceman could be dead right now. I think that's a Naval aviator thing though, where they start, you know, they all know you start three, two, one, but why would you, the count of three starts at one. Why would you start at three? Just 
starting. I don't know. It seems weird. Uh, uh, but anyway, so um, so we went to the movies, and it was awesome. I had never been to a Mexican movie theater. And so we go in. It's four of us. It's uh, two of our friends were with us. And I got the tickets. Guess how much the tickets were? Oh, God. Um, Amer- US- USD? American money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, how, how much are they there? Uh, 13. Oh, at least 13. Depending on what movie theater you go to and how you watch it. Like, if you're watching it in IMAX, probably more like $18 a piece. I would say in Mexico, you paid U.S. money a $1.50 a ticket. Three bucks. Brandon, you're pretty... Brandon's closest. It was uh, $3.40 a ticket. Wow, that's Damn. great. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and the, and the snacks were great, too. They have these deals. Alexis said I got two drinks, like a hot dog and some popcorn for, like, six bucks. Hey. And the popcorn, they have two different types of popcorn. They have this uh, Dulce popcorn, which is basically um, caramel corn, and then butter, and you can get half and half. So they put this little divider down the middle of your bucket, and you, they fill half of it with butter and half of it with uh, the caramel corn. That's uh, badass. They, they, at the AMC up at North Point, they have normal popcorn, the caramel popcorn, and then the cheese popcorn. I'm a sucker ooh. for the cheese popcorn, but they don't have the divider. They make you buy two smalls of each. And you're like a fat kid. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this, um, so yeah, so we went to the movie. It was great. Uh, we had a good time. I think we were the only, I don't know if clapping is a thing in the rest of the world during movies. Cause Alexis and I were the only ones who were clapping at certain points. Everybody else was just kind of looking around like, what are these guys? They clapping. They can't hear them. What are they doing? <laughs> so we were clapping, um, but great movie. So we leave and it's in the mall. And uh, so we had to go, we're going to go out to eat later. So we were going to the ATM. So we're like, okay, let's go down to the ATM. So we start walking down the corridor of the mall and I see a dog down there. And I, for a split second, I was like, what the fuck is a dog doing in the mall? Then I realized, I remembered all the malls here, at least in Playa Carmen are pet friendly. Um, so you can bring your dog in the mall and they have little water bowls by a lot of the stores and they have dog poop bags. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why you would need to bring your your dog to the mall. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if they can go in the stores. So I see this dog walking and I'm like, Oh, okay. He must be with some guy. And there was a guy near him. And then the guy walks off and then the dog just continues to walk down the, the mall hallway. And we, we get up closer to the dog and we're like, Hey buddy, how you doing? And we see he has like a big cut on his side and he's kind of dirty. And he just starts following us. And we're just walking around the mall with it. It was a stray dog. He just wandered into the mall <laughs> Love that for him. Did, did he come home with you? You got a new dog now? No. So he was, uh, you know, standing there by, there's a grocery store in the mall. That's like one of the anchor stores. So he was by the security guard going into the grocery store. And the, the security guard's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's like playing with him. And so since we know he's a stray dog, I'm like, I'm going to go get him some food. So I go into the grocery store and I get a can of wet food and I get a bottle of water and then I buy some paper bowls so I can, um, you know, leave them and I don't have to wait for them. So I come back out and I was like, where's the dog go or where'd the dog go? And Alexis and our other friends are like, oh, he started walking down this way, following some other lady. So we, we follow him out and uh, or follow the direction he was going. And he was in front of uh, the there's a gym in the mall. Also, he's about to go in the gym. They stopped him. And I was like, hey, buddy, let's go. And I got him, I showed him the food and the water. So we kind of lure him outside and we put it down and this do, and open the food. And this dog's just like, 
he's just going to town just munching the food so he was so happy he was wagging his tail the whole time so we, we fed the dog so felt I'm, like we did our good deed i'm surprised you didn't get suckered in to bringing the dog home with you yeah, it was pretty big. I don't think he would have done well in the studio. It was like a, I don't know if it was like a lab, yellow lab or something, but he's a pretty big dog. I know, sucker for that, especially if I had my yeah. daughter with me. Did you see that video of the, I think the guy was in Florida, might have been Orlando, um, where he pulled over on the side of the road because this kitten. Yeah. My <laughs> new favorite video on the internet. And he picks up, he looks at the kitten, he goes, oh, little guy, and he picks up the kitten. And then from the grass on the side of the road, He's bombarded by kittens. Fifteen There's, of them. Yeah, Fifteen no. kittens. Yeah, they're all together like, hey. They, you know, they swarm in. You're it's new, so cute. You're a new dad. Take us home. And the guy, you could, you could, you never see the guy, but you could kind of tell what he was like. He was a good old boy, middle-aged, probably trucker-esque, you know, manly man. And he's got all these kittens and he's talking. He's like, oh, where's your mommy at? Oh, I guess I'm going to take you home with me. It was just everything about the video checked off the awesome boxes. So sweet. Yeah. It was I put it on cool. my Instagram story. Yeah. Very, very, oh, and the, very cute. The best part was after we got, we were getting in, a, in our car to leave and the, we watched the dog. He finished the food and walked away. He walked right back into the mall. The, <laughs> the guy that's the security guy at the door, it's laying glass door. It opens up, and the, he just watches the dog walk in. This must be like a thing the dog does to get food. He probably just gets people to buy him food at the mall, and he goes outside and eats it. Goes back in. That's funny. That's funny. Man handling dog. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to the mall next time. I think we're coming down. Uh, it's, we're not gonna, it's not going to be too long before we come back down. Pro- probably like September-esque. Um, we want to come down again. We need, we need to, okay. we need a vacation. September. That's, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, November, there. November, November. We're going to some place in Mexico. That's not on the map. That's where we're going. That's, <laughs> and if we just happen to run into you and Alexis and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can go to the mall. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think we're going to do a, uh, just me and Rach trip. I think we need that. Oh, yeah. Kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Brandon. it's like Br- brandon's probably uh put a uh, uh an air tag in in my body or something just to keep tabs on me it's like i'm gonna find him if it's just him and rach he's got an extra room i know he does <laughs> all right uh there you go uh, let's talk to our guests shall we hold up wait a minute let's hear from our sponsors Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if a tree falls on someone else's property, usually that person's out of luck. Under Georgia law, landowners only have a responsibility to ensure and check for visible and apparent patent decay and tree rot. So if your neighbor's tree falls on your land, you're usually out of luck. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. Are you looking to build a mountain home or a cabin in western North Carolina? You know, you hear me talk about Paradise City all the time and the cabin up in Mineral Bluff. Well, Mac Development Group... 
They are a one-stop shop for all your needs. A full-service design, build, real estate developer. And their team handles everything for you. From your land acquisition to designing your custom home to the general contracting and building. They provide your family with the ability to have a one-stop shop and know what your project is and it's delivered on time. Plus, everything is built in this 3D software process that you can see ahead of time to make you kind of ease your tensions as you move forward with this really cool and exciting thing in your life, right? Currently booking for full-time builds, and they need to get folks on the schedule. The folks are you. Reach out to Mac Development Group, macdevelopment.com. That's macdevelopment.com. Also, hit them up on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Newbertiesman's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Newbertiesman's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance, but they do so much more than that. With a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management, Newbertiesman's Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Newbertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. As our guest said to me, when I asked him to join the podcast, let's break the internet. I said, sure. I think there's a select few people that will be extremely interested in this conversation, considering our guests to me in my life, we've broken up and made up more times than any woman I've dated. Isn't that the truth? And I've never done that. Usually, like, if you piss me off and we have a we have a falling out, you're done. That's just kind of been my MO. I just don't have time for it. Something about this guy. We just keep falling in love over and over again. It's fucking weird. Uh, it's, uh, his, his name is for those that that don't know, it's Brian Sclover. We called him bull in his radio days. He was bull. He was bull, uh, back in Orlando at real radio, even before that at, uh, WJRR when I was there, when we first started working together and we had our first falling out and back and forth. And it's, (laughs) it's, it's bull that introduced me to, to Nader taters. So, Yeah. yeah. So if it weren't for bull, um, I wouldn't know Nate and lucky for you, bull. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't get a chance to meet Brandon, which is like just such a treat. Let me tell you, Brandon, I know Brandon. Nice to meet you, man. It's, it's a full circle thing. <laughs> yeah. Nate. Oh my God. Latitudes, man. I remember the first time. And then Jason, Nate was like the guy that I thought was going to be the creepy listener who was going to infiltrate us. And he did, but he was there every week, but he was super cool every single week. What I remember about the first time meeting Nate from you was you're like, yeah, he's cool. He's a good guy. And I was 
at the time, and I've evolved a lot since, uh, I think Nate can, there's a lot of things, Nate, I'm going to go, and Nate can attest to that. So <laughs> I've, I, I, I've evolved a lot since, but at that time, I was very, um, if I didn't know you, you couldn't come in my house. Sure. It was, if it, it was very protective of who came on the show, the secrets. I was, you know, or you could argue that I was kind of paranoid about a lot of this stuff. So when Bull brought Nate into our circle, uh, I was like, okay. I go, let's let's look at him. He's just this little kind of stumpy guy wearing this extremely tight plaid button-up shirt and looks like he just jumped off the cover of fucking Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, my God. Hollister, man. Hollister, Hollister Nate. <laughs> Hollister, Nate. And it, was, was him. and it was always around us. Like, because our, our hangout was this bar in Orlando. Um, again, for those that aren't familiar downtown Orlando, but we'd always be at Latitudes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Nate would always just like, hey, guys. Hey. Yeah. He was always there. He wanted to be a part of it, right? Like, he, he wanted to be a part of it, and he wasn't too like in your face about it. Like we did the Casey Anthony fun run at five in the morning. And they, you know, if somebody's going to get up at five in the morning to do a bit, they're probably really interested in being there with us. So it's not like he wants to just be there. We he still want to be a part of it. We still reference that. Don't we Nate? We still talk about yeah. that. Do you? Yeah. 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 I started, well, I was, you know, when I was listening to you guys and you did the, the latitudes night, I don't know if it was like two for ones or three for three ones, for ones. Wednesday night, three for ones starting yeah. at killers. Yeah, that's right. So I was like, Oh fuck, this is great. Get to meet the guys I listen to and get awesome drinks or drink deals. And yeah, I remember talking to you bull and just saying, Hey, like you guys ever need me to do anything? Let me know. Mm -hmm. you know? But I, I tried not to be too pushy about it. So I think one of the first things y'all sent me out to do was there was a Sarah Palin book signing and you just kind of needed somebody on the, it was at like Barnes and Noble. I can't remember where, um, but yeah, I think you guys just needed somebody like on the street to kind of talk to people, do like street audio and stuff. Cause I don't think at the time, maybe I think it was like somebody had quit. Maybe it was like sweatpants Johnson or something like that. Oh God. Sweatpants Johnson. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> Brandon, you got lucky. You're, you're, you're your name. Uh, yeah, for real, dude. I, when I met Brandon, when I met Jason the very first time, I was just starting at JRR, and I was going to do an overnight shift, and Jason was doing nights, and he was there until midnight. That's when people were actually in the studio all of the time until midnight, and you were doing the rubber room. And I remember I walked in, and you're like, yeah, nice to meet you. You look like a booger. And I'm like, oh, God, that's not going to happen. You've been looking for a booger your whole life. But, no, there was always a – always a, but you know what, though, dude? You were so creative. I, I think we were both creative in creating names for these people, Pee-wee. That was a that was yeah. an accurate one we called uh, Sandra Punky, and now she's doing really well for herself. Yeah. Like we we found these, you always found a way to not force. Uh, I hope this isn't too cheesy. Like I'm I'm blowing you up right off the bat, but like you were always really good at finding the right name for people. But you gave it time to breathe. You found the right name for him. So Brandon. It must just mean there's nothing really cool about you. You're just the dude on the picture, and that's the best they can do is the name that you have. Yeah, you could have been Tube Sock, Tube Sock Tommy. Tube Sock Tommy. He was another good one. Uh, face. I always, I always thought the face name yeah. was really good. Yeah. We we had this brand and this intern, really good looking guy, way cool mm -hmm. dude, just like the coolest guy in the world. And ladies loved him. I think he had like a steady girlfriend though, but he was just a great dude. Yeah. And, you know, and he was good looking. So we called him face. Um, and he's one of the biggest mysteries of my career because 
one day he was there and the next day he was gone and nobody, no one, it wasn't just a no me one. thing. No one ever talked to him again. He just fucking disappeared from the Fell face off. of the earth. Nobody, yep. right? Ever again. Never spoke to that man ever again, ever. And I lived in Brevard County for several years. Never found him, never anything. Never saw him again. What, one of my favorite ones was, I think, Tim Vestite, because didn't he, like, make out with a guy or something? Yeah. yeah. Tim Vestite was, uh, he's, yeah. Not, not the guy. I'm just talking about the name. The name? As, as far yeah. as names go. <laughs> yeah. The, the name, but not the guy. The guy was a total yeah. dick. <laughs> like, like, You know what he's doing now? He's the PA announcer for uh, Orlando City down there. Uh, the soccer team. Oh, really? Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's doing good. Yeah. He'll reach out when he needs something, like most people in the in the industry. But it's yeah. yeah, he's doing good for himself. We have a really good. You had a really good. We had a really good track record with interns and where they went on to. You know, you know. So I think I might. I might have been the and when I was applying for the internship and everything, I was terrified because I knew everybody had the name that was kind of making fun of them. And so I'm like, just racking my brain. Like, what are they, what are they going to call me? What's my fucking dumbass radio name going to be? And I was like the first one that was just Nate. Intern <laughs> Nate. That was it. Yeah. I just, I just didn't have a name. So I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. Well, you yeah. know, I, I think if I, if I were to the Socrates, the situation, I would say it's because I was scarred from when I was an intern and started oh, yeah. in 95. Like when they called me Buckethead, Doc and Johnny uh, called me, but I was furious. I was absolutely yeah. furious. I was cool. Quit. And the only reason I did not quit is one, because I'm not a quitter, but two, we were the first gig that, or appearance or whatever we did, it was like two weeks after they gave me the name. And I'm sitting there contemplating whether to quit or not. I was like, it's bullshit. Fuck these guys, blah, blah. I don't need this. You know, and we go and do this charity basketball game. They played these basketball games at high schools to raise money for whatever. And, you know, and I'm at, I used to play a lot of basketball at the time and we we're playing basketball and, and I'd, I'd score, you know, I'd hit a bucket when I'm, and, and people were going crazy. And they were coming up to me after, and that was like my first, you know, rush of quote unquote fame, local fame. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll deal with Buckethead. That's fine. Did, <laughs> let me ask you, did Buckethead, the name for you kind of like, cause you have a complicated past up to that point. Did it give you an opportunity to kind of be someone that you wanted to be, but weren't able to because of like, that's what Bull did for me. It, it let me be someone that I had never been able to be my whole life. And I was able to embody the Italian guy from New Jersey and the young kid and all the other kind of things. Did you ever get that it's kind not, of thing with your name? It's actually the opposite. I wish that I never, like people thought Buckethead was a character. Even still to this day, one of my mentors who brought me to Atlanta, you know, he had said to me at one time when I was doing the show here, he goes, I want more of the Buckethead character. And I'd, I'd been told that numerous times in my career. And I'm right. like, well, it's not really a character. So people thought it was a, a, a gimmick. It was a character. There was a lot of me. It was really just me with a goofy, fucked up name. Exactly. So I wish that I would have just been intern Jason or Bailey or whatever the case may sure. be. So I wouldn't, you know, that was when I was trying to transition before I left. And one of the reasons I left Orlando is because I didn't, I didn't think I could get rid of that brand, um, you know, I couldn't transition. And I was like, I yeah. just got to leave it all behind in order to do that. But I couldn't Absolutely. talk about serious stuff, you know? Like, I remember Absolutely. when we did the Rick Scott stuff, and it just drove me insane, social media going, oh, yeah, because I want to get political advice by a guy named Buckethead. Fucking drove me nuts. Right. 
Right. Because the bit itself was really valid. It yeah. was, I mean, you were trying to do to contribute. Yeah, you were kind of poking passively to the to the governor, but it was still a valid thing. We were trying to find jobs to, for people. Like yeah. we were using the airwaves for good. So I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. The, yeah. the bull thing, I guess I'm kind of experiencing that now where uh, I've, I've moved to Savannah. I don't live in Orlando anymore. Yeah. Um, kind of pivoted to a different career, which I'm fully in love with, like I was with broadcasting. But a lot of the reason I had to leave Central Florida was because Everything, the 20 years of broadcasting that followed me, it really literally followed me everywhere. And I was bull from the radio to everybody there. And I just couldn't do that anymore for my own life. I love seeing your success. Um, Thank you. I I envy your success. I like to see somebody because you don't really understand it, but when you're in radio, there's, there's an addiction. There's an addiction to the good, the bad the ugly, there's addiction to all of it, but there's also when you are not in radio, you're not doing radio, you feel like a failure, especially when people that are not as, not as talented as you are still on the air getting paid. And there's a feeling of failure inside. You, You have to be man enough or woman enough to bypass all that and move on with your life. So whenever I see former broadcasters moving on with their life, and successful in, in a different career. I'm very envious. So, um, I appreciate I, that. It I, wasn't easy, Jason. It was not easy at all. Oh, I'm, I mean, sure. It, I'm sure. It went right up into December, late December of last year. The the last thing I said it uh, very upfront to my wife and to other people in my life, this is the last thing I have left for broadcast. And it was with Mike Harvey and myself, we tried to self-distribute a show momentum was there, but it was just hitting some walls. And I, uh, maybe the hardest thing wasn't walking away from broadcasting as opposed to walking away from Mike, but there was just, there's just nothing left in that industry for me anymore. And luckily, uh, and, and again, I'll refer back to the show, the skills that I got doing uh, the BS for those four years in production led me to my first job in pro sports outside of PA. Cause PA is just an extension of being on the radio, right? You're still the voice. You're still doing that broadcasting. But when I got the opportunity to run artificial crowd sounds for the Toronto Raptors when they were in Tampa and playing their season during COVID, I was sitting there with a launch pad and different buttons for different volume levels of the crowd. And all of a sudden, I'm producing a radio show in an arena. I'm doing sound effects and supplying this this trade that didn't exist three months ago. And now it doesn't exist at all anymore. We're back in arenas. Thank God. But um, but it was so hard. Like it, it was really, really hard. Like I'm breaking out my microphone and stuff like that. This stuff has been away since December, not just during the pack for the move. Like it was hard to walk away from. But, you know, I think the the, the slap of the reality is that unless you're going to go both feet in like you're doing and you're doing it well, you're doing it very well. Um, it, there's not a whole lot in it left for people who are creative anymore, um, no. you know, at all at all i I totally agree with you you know and and then i also think this way of podcasting is you know the future i mean i keep telling people in the next 10 years frequencies won't be a thing it's going to be apps frequencies will be the secondary to the radio station in order to promote the app uh and each radio station will have an app and then under a conglomerate kind of like an iheart does uh but Mm -hmm. it'll all be app based in vehicles so on and so forth so uh, it's not going to be much different than podcasting other than the it's fact not. that you'll have, you know, rights to music and so on and so forth. But for a little background um, for our audience uh, that, that, that like, who is this guy? Um, so Bull 
started his career in Orlando, just like I did, and you were on, um, what was it? Um, was cool it, 100, Big 100, the yeah, oldie stations? The, the oldie stations. Kahuna. Right, the Big Kahuna. And when he, mm-hmm. when you hear the name uh, Mike Harvey, he is a legend in our in the radio business. He is an icon in the radio business, and he's one of the smartest, most intelligent, nicest people mm-hmm. in the radio business. He was doing mornings. Bull was an intern. He was the Big Kahuna. Um, over there with uh, other great radio legendary broadcasters like Bob Barry and, and and those guys. And Bull and I just happened to meet, and I was looking for help because, you know, young guy, all these ideas, wanting this big show and an ensemble cast, and I needed help. So I was trying to recruit people. Bull wanted to get into that world. He's the rock world comes in. I'm like, I want you to be booger. He was like, go fuck yourself. I'm not booger. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not happening. Bull is good. Go with bull. Just take bull. But I didn't name you bull. Pat Lynch named no. you bull, right? So kind of. So when I sent my first air check to Pat, he said, you really got the Jersey Italian thing going. You should be something like Gotti or something like that. And I was like, all right, I get what you're saying. I don't know if John Gotti is the character I want to embody. <laughs> so let me sit on it for a minute. But um, Sammy, the bull Gravano, one of the most, notorious hitman in the mafia days etc yeah. uh, matched with my size i was a lot bigger when i was younger than i am now uh and i just thought bull worked really well and it was the bull of course because i was 20 and thought so much of myself but uh yeah that, so that's where bull came from yeah yeah let, let me say this you have lost a ton of weight 95 pounds since last june what have you been doing yeah, I hate you. that question, and I knew you were going to ask me. It's the hardest question to answer, Jason, because everybody wants to think there's some magical like calculation. Right. There's not. This has saved my life. Zero. I don't know if you drink zero soda, but well, that's all I drink. Well, if I do drink soda, usually, but it's never the sugar. You got to stop with the sugar. Got to get away from the sugar. It started last week, last year. Um, I just touched the uh, type two diabetes line with my doctor and he'd been trying to push a weight loss surgery on me. And my dad had that and it didn't work for him. Uh, and I wasn't going to do it. And I told him when the time comes, I'm going to do it. I will stop. I will change my habits, et cetera, because you can, you can do a surgery. You can, uh, we're going to make your stomach the size of a fist. All right, cool. Well, my fist is really big. First of all, second of all, <laughs> you can tell me my stomach's this big and I'm still going to fill it with chocolate chips and regular soda. It doesn't matter. It has to change the habit. So, um, we spent a lot of money on groceries in the first month, my wife and I trying to find keto options and we're not doing keto, but those groceries tend to fall under what we're eating now, low sugar, you know, uh, artificial sweeteners, et cetera. Um, natural sweeteners. Um, so we found bread, you know, we found the substitutes for the thing we need to eat, things we need to eat every day. So we found a bread that we liked a lot. Um, we like to eat frozen pizza at home. We have wellness wrap pizzas. Now we get those wellness wraps and make pizzas from that and they're delicious. And you make Buffalo chicken pizza or, you know, scrambled egg pizza or whatever. So we found replacements for the everyday things. I still eat chocolate chips in abundance. Fucking Savannah is a candy city, but we have a rule. If we want a praline, we're going to walk our ass a mile to River Street Suites, and we're going to buy one, and we'll eat one. We're not going to get a whole box and kill it at 11 at night. So it's just just a couple of habits. It wasn't easy, but discipline is what it is, and that's what people don't like to hear, the discipline, but that's, that's really what it comes down to. You have to also brainwash yourself to hate certain foods, like have a personal relationship and say, I you remember when I lost all the weight and mm-hmm. and I've put um, not all of it back on, but I've put uh, weight back on muscle because I do testosterone maintenance. And the FDA has just recently 
uh, uh, greenlit uh, DECA, which is a steroid, but yeah. under doctor's supervision. So, you know, put on the weight, put on the muscle. It's a give and take relationship. But there, my weight can fluctuate five to 10 pounds in a day. Same with me. It's crazy, whether yep. it's water weight or what have you. But there are certain foods that if I eat, I'll just blow up. Yeah. Um, and so here. I've had to brainwash myself to say, fuck you food. I hate you. I don't want right. you anywhere around me. You know? Right. So, no, yeah. I'm with you. Look, yeah. we had Chinese food last night. We don't eat Chinese food very often. I don't eat pasta anymore. I try to stay away from rice. That stuff just bloats me. And look, I'm 40 years old. It takes me a long time to pass some of these things. So rice is, is you know, it'll take two or three days for me to get rid of it all. But, but yeah, I really, I haven't, um, I haven't had to struggle. You know, I still eat chocolate chips every night, but I don't eat M&Ms. That's chocolate candy. You also have to understand the way, you know, food is in, in general. It's, I hate that once you say things like what I'm about to say, it's like, oh, conspiracy, this or that. But food in America sucks in the way it's programmed and pushed out to us. It has extra sugar than it needs to. So if you are a chocolate person, go and buy a bag of dark chocolate chips. Don't get Ghirardelli dark chocolate. Don't get Dove dark because that's extra sugar. Eat a handful of chocolate chips. It's going to be more fulfilling. You can eat more of it, and you're not going to get extra added sugar. <clears throat> and then you can continue to enjoy it and still see the result, the fruits of your results. That's that's just basically what I've been doing. That's what Nate is always screaming now that he's down in Mexico because the, mm-hmm. the food down there it's a totally different ball game. And I agree. Oh, yeah. You know, you go yeah. down there where he's at in Playa del Carmen, and you can just taste the difference of the food. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah. Sure. Even um even like certain fast foods like we have a mcdonald's and a domino's and stuff down here but they're not allowed to use a lot of the things that are legal in the u.s it's they're illegal here in a lot of other parts of the world so like the first time we got we went to the mall and alexis got some chicken just some chicken nuggets she was just craving them from mcdonald's and they were so much better just i I don't know if they use different grease or what but like the chicken was real meat and it was just it was so much tastier and she didn't feel like garbage you know a couple hours later um, I yeah, still eat great. McDonald's nuggets. Like if I'm leaving a Tampa game and it's late, but I just get nuggets. I don't get nuggets and fries and a drink or even nuggets. And Nate, how many times McDonald's and undrunk nights, there would be the two for five and then the fries and then a sandwich to eat on the way home and the big soda. Like it's just a little bit of self-control. Also, I, I still eat nuggets probably more than I should, but it's I, just all. Uh, it, yeah. I can't it's wait for out. 20 years from now, Nate, for us to have this conversation with Brandon when he gets fatter. Oh, you know, because remember, remember when he first started as our intern, he's a skinny little dumb redneck from South Georgia. And then like we saw him pop up a year later and he's this big fat redneck from South Georgia. <laughs> Where in South Georgia are you from? That's not South Georgia. He keeps calling it South Georgia. It's, noon. it's like 30 minutes south of the airport. Yeah, South Atlanta. I don't know that. I know uh, my fam- my uh, my brother and sister-in-law also moved to Georgia at the same time we did. They moved over to Valdosta. So we're we're taking our family out of Florida, and I guess they are proper South Georgia is Valdosta. How yeah. close are you to Savannah uh, in Noonan, Brandon? Uh, it's like a four-hour drive, I think. Now, it's four yeah. hours from me in Roswell. Yeah, yeah, he's not any closer. He he's just south. He still has to go over quite a way. Up and over sixteen, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually take sixteen. Yeah, I got a buddy lives down there. Maybe one day you learn how to spell it and you go visit Bull. (laughs) Well, Jason, I'm not going to start selling you guys on our new hockey team, but I'm hoping that. uh, Yeah, you know, I don't even. What is the proper name of so? I really do love, I, re, I, I I mean this, Jason, from the bottom of my heart, and I guess I'm still living vicariously through you because 
like you said at the beginning, we've had we had many falling outs, and all of our falling outs, looking back at them, were fairly professionally based, and just the the tensions at that at that time. I never doubted my respect uh, from you in a professional way, and I hope you never doubted uh, my respect for you as a professional. Um, but. Uh, it, it, I, I'm so excited for what you're doing. Oh, thank like you. it's, it's like, because Jason, look, we worked for the largest media company in the world, right? Okay. They boast, they have 50 million subscribers to their app. Can one of their talent live stream video on their app? No, they no. can't. Mm -mm. Why not? You have 50 million followers. You have 50 million downloads. Can your talent, your influencers, can they curate playlists? Can they create different content on their own and distribute it through your channel? No, they can't. You're pushing it out to everywhere else. Mm. So someone like you comes along and you have all the ideas. I love the three thing. I'll be honest. I don't listen because I don't subscribe because I don't subscribe to content. Otherwise, I would. I probably won't be able to hear this, will I, unless I subscribe. Oh, that's not true because now, especially when this airs, we're changing the way we distribute the podcast where subscribers will get commercial-free episodes plus bonus episodes, bonus giveaways, and our extra podcast that we carry. But Great. we've opened it up to non-subscribers for episodes Monday through Friday with commercials. That's wise. That's smart. I learned that at boot camp, uh, 2015 in Atlanta, the woman from Pandora was there and she said, well, people may think that Pandora is free, but it's not. They're paying for their, they're, they're paying with their time for the advertising. So it's I, I, very wise. But what I was, what I was, uh, what I was going to say is that I don't know, you have so many different shows and, and, and things that are on your channel. I don't know the proper way to address it, but I hope whatever it is, maybe we can, uh, you know, build a field trip for you guys to come out to Savannah sure. uh, for a game this season and, uh, you know, and, and check out this incredible building we have here, the end market arena. It's a brand new arena and it's, are it's they going to have concerts and stuff there too, or just hockey? So the Eagles uh, opened the, the venue earlier this year in February, 11,000 people, uh, which was really awesome. The Eagles have been playing stadiums in large-scale arenas, and they opened this building down here. Bon Jovi was here. Jimmy Buffett was here. Uh, Kane Brown is here tomorrow night. We'll be out there for that one. Um, Breaking Benjamin was here last week. So there's a lot happening. Um, Savannah's been kind of underserved with the, the mainstream kind of routing of things because they didn't have a building that was you know conducive for modern touring. Um, and, uh, and just the, the, the other venues and, and the likes. So yeah, I mean, concerts, it's going to be a multi-purpose building. Harlem Globetrotters were here. It's yeah, it's an awesome place. And you probably have VIP access to anything in that building, don't you? So here's the thing about it. Savannah, because they never had anything like this, all of those experiences are gone. VIP has, as soon as they opened the building, it was sold and gone. Like we're going to be sold out for opening night, like in two weeks and for opening nights, not till November 5th. We're very possibly going to sell out every one of our games before we get to opening night. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as, as hosting you and, and everybody that would, would uh, join for a field trip, we'll make sure that it's a special time. So the hockey team that Georgia has, um, is, uh, uh, is called what? They're the the go ghost pirates, right? So yeah, so in Savannah, we're the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Atlanta has a ECHL hockey team, also. They're going to be our our primary rival. Okay, um, it's the Atlanta Gladiators. There was once a hockey team in Macon, right? Were they called the Macon Whoopie? 
And making whoopee, yep. Which One of the greatest that? teams in minor league sports. Isn't that the most brilliant? I don't know where <laughs> I learned that, but it was just recently. I was like, well, that's kind of ironic. You know, Bull and I are talking again, and he's, you know, your title for for the, the Savannah Ghost Pirates is you're the marketing director, right? I'm the director of community relations and game presentation. So it kind of marketing capacities, but wow. just in the structure, that's, yeah, that's my official title. That's a big, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a home run, buddy. That's a good I one. Get, I get to go in the community, get people excited about our team and the sport of hockey, which I've had a passion for yeah. my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to get back to that because I owe you a lot for that too. And I'll explain in a second, but, um, uh, beyond that, um, what was I saying? Now I want to tell you how you impacted my, my hockey life right now. Well, your job, so, your job title, you get out there yeah, and you get so, people excited. Yeah. And then I get to get them into the arena and give them a world-class experience in minor league sports. The kind of things that we do with the Tampa Bay lightning and with the NHL kind of product, we just affiliated with the Vegas golden Knights who are like top of the line in game presentation for pro sports anywhere. So like we're, I get to go out, get somebody excited for hockey and then I get them into the arena and I blow their mind and give them a, a memorable experience. It's, I mean, it's the most perfect thing for me. That's it awesome. Really is. Yeah. It sounds like a great gig. It really does. That's awesome. It is. It all started, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if you remember when the solar bears came to Orlando, but we were, we were on the air and they made an announcement that a hockey team was coming. And I remember I mean, I can remember like it was yesterday. I jumped on the talk back and I said, I'm breaking off for a second. And you were, I think you were interviewing somebody, so it wasn't a problem. But um, I called my contact at the mayor's office and I said, I need to talk to that guy right now. Um, and that guy ended up being Bob Arablo, who was one of the initial owners and, and president of the Solar Bears. And then he went to Jacksonville and started a team and he's our president here in Savannah. So um, when I talked to Bob that first time, which was, I mean, 10 minutes after they announced that he took my phone call, which was really awesome. Wanted to have him on the show. And then I had personal motive. I grew up around hockey. My dad was in hockey in the tri-state New York area for 26 years. It's in my blood. I love it. Um, when I moved to Florida, in 98, I left hockey up north. There was no hockey. You know, the Solar Bears were minor league IHL and you couldn't go online to watch games remotely and the coverage wasn't what it is now. So um, when the Solar Bears came back and I had an opportunity to be involved with that, it was really very invigorating for me on so many levels. It was um, it was a passion that was gone for so long and, and you allowed us to take time on the show to talk about a minor league hockey team in the South. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, you know, being able to have that vehicle to, to promote the team. And then obviously once, uh, once my time at iHeart ended that time, cause it's happened twice. Um, once it ended that time, uh, the, the solar bears kept me on, which they didn't have to do. It's sports marketing. I knew that they knew that we had the audience and that we could probably help them sell some tickets and group nights and all that stuff, which was fine. Uh, but they kept me on when they didn't need to. And long story short, 10 years later, Bob uh, had this opportunity for me to come up here and join uh, the ghost pirates. And, you know, it, it it's such a passion. And, and I, I mean it like the show and the ability to reach out to him. And that's where the confidence that make that call. If I didn't have the, the show to go by, I had no reason to call that guy. I'm just some random schmuck on the street. Well, I remember, I do remember this. Uh, I actually brought it up not that long ago, I think. I forget what we were talking about on, on this show. But I remember Bob coming on, and I had known Bob prior when the Solar Bears were around before because I used to go to the games years prior sure. um, and had a blast. And, and yeah, actually, yeah. I've got old-school radio war stories of that include the Solar not the Solar Bears' fault, but include the Solar Bears' Sure. Um, and I remember selling you to Bob as the PA guy. 
and you were going through, I, I, I never talked to you about this, but I, I knew you were going through a soul searching period of your life. You were experimenting with doing things to boost your confidence. One being yep. singing the national anthem in front of a crowd of people. You were doing all this. And I just noticed that I was like, he's, he's searching for something. And I remember getting Bob on and doing the hard sell for you. And of course the radio side of it is, Oh, watch, he's going to screw it up, go out to the game and screw it up. Because that was <laughs> unfortunately my mentality at the time because of how I was, how I was kind of raised in the business. Um, knowing that you weren't going to screw it up and, and you crushed it and you may, you've made a, a, obviously a successful career out of it. So I do remember that like it was yesterday. Remember, I still have Bob's number on my phone, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that was instrumental to me, man. Um, you know, it gave me, uh, it gave me some good years with my dad before he, before he went upstairs in 2016. So it was, it was really, you know, that's, I really mean it. And I, I am. I'll talk about all of it as much or as little as you'd like to, but all of the, all of the things now in retrospect that you and I went through, um, I know we're for greater meaning. And I know that, uh, that without those things, I couldn't have grown into who I am. Uh, I don't like to regret things because I am the person I was the person that I was at those times. And the, the reasons that I, uh, that I felt the way I felt were valid for myself at the time. But now in retrospect, like all of those things helped me to get here. And to that extent, Jason, like right from the beginning, you're, you're, you know, you gave me the opportunity to really to do something that I truly loved. And as much as I thought I loved talking on the air, I really don't care about that attention anymore. I like putting on a show mm. and, and I really like, you know, I used to send Nate down the production, like, Hey, go find five beds that sound like, you know, a French uh, restaurant somewhere, you know, <laughs> like I enjoyed doing that um, a lot. And you gave me the opportunity to do it. And, um, well, you know, maybe, hold on, hold on. Yeah. That's not yep. true. And this is, you know, I'd mentioned that we had, I think, three falling outs. So, mm-hmm. you know. Do you remember the, the first one? The first one was my wedding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You were supposed to be my best man. And I forget what happened, but I remember we got in a screaming match and I told you to go yeah. fuck yourself or something. You're not yeah. my best man anymore. Uh-huh. Um, the second one, I don't remember. So the wedding was the second one. The first oh. one. Okay. Was Hard Rock Vault. Do you remember this? What the 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 broadcasts that I did? You were the- doing a broadcast with the Marty and it sounded like shit. It wasn't you, it was a fucking Marty. It was awful old technology. And I was like, dude, we can't put this on the air. It just sounds awful. And you were insistent that it has to go. And I think I called Pat and I was like, Pat, we can't put this on. It's just gonna sound really bad. He's gonna be unhappy about how it sounds on the tape and the whole thing. Uh, and that was the first kind of falling out that we had. And then the second one was the best man thing yeah the okay so the heart i remember that broadcast because that was the first time i got to meet slash and nikki six and d snyder and dickerman called me and screamed at me because i i did i forgot that you were running the board um that we played my like we were playing music that the station wasn't playing because at that time rock radio was not digging into that dirt rock and the the glam rock stuff absolutely and he was furious with me and i had really just started you know um but I don't, would it, it was a recorded interview and, and you didn't want to play it, I guess? It was recorded or live, but either way, it was so spotty. It was from Hard Rock Vault, which was, it was yeah. on iDrive, I think, in front of the no. old Matador Mall or whatever. Turned uh, into the Titanic was. Museum. 
Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And I remember, yeah, you were super pumped because you were at Slash and you had some other like big names that were there. And I just I felt for you. But, you know, in retrospect, the real the real bitch of the whole thing was that we were victim of technology then like right now we could have a we you have a cell phone and that problem that problem never happens wow okay so that was the first falling out and i guess i just got pissed off and i was like whatever um the 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 wet the wedding was the second and then the third was obviously the big one which was um my last show in orlando at real radio it was me you a guy named otto and it all really went downhill when Prince left and that hurt me more than anything because I didn't see that coming and he trashed me on his way out. Um, and I never really understood why or got an explanation for that. And, you know, and then when I left, I stayed silent. I didn't say a thing. And you guys kind of had a field day on social media. Um, and, uh, well, I wasn't a part of your last show. I I was let go December six months before your last show on Real Radio. You're right. You were. Yeah. Um, you 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 were let go, and the day that you were let go, we Otto and I were taken into our operations manager's office, and he said, "If I had a plan, this is what made me want to get ready to leave." But he said, "If I had a plan B, I would fire you guys today." And I was like, "Wow." Fuck you, dude. (laughs) That's such a shitty thing to say. Yeah, it really is. But I had already planned my exit after the meeting in which I thought that you, Otto, and this guy Drone, which was another producer we'd brought on, were like, it was like you three against me. And I was like, what is happening here? And I remember walking out of that, that meeting and calling my agent at the time and said, I'm done. Find me a way out. And that was the first day that I started my exit. And the next year, I really didn't give a shit about that show, you know, which, you know, was shitty. But anyway, back to where you were wrong about me giving you the opportunity. So in all three cases, uh, most of the blame, if not all of the blame, goes to me. And one of the biggest regrets that I had with you at Real Radio um, was that you were so creative and I had this other, I had the same problem with, with my producer in Tampa too, Ethan, so creative, but I was such a control freak and, um, I wanted things done my way, a certain way. When I got to Atlanta, that changed. I, I opened that up and I, I delegated power a lot more. You guys want it to work more. I didn't want you to work more because I wanted to, I felt like I needed to do it all. And there was a day that you had put together like some Nirvana parody or something. And I think I just shit all over it. And I was like, you know, I didn't think anything at the time because I, I, I know at the time I wasn't trying to be an asshole or something like that, but I just didn't take a second to realize how much of an effect that could have on somebody else. You know, and what, if I, that were me, you wouldn't want somebody to talk to me like that. So there were so many ideas that you had and so many things that you want to do that I just never took you up on. And, you know, I go back and and when we started talking again, you know, I reached out to you because, you know, we were doing these way J Bay back moment things on the podcast and you're just so good on the air. Thank you. Not only as a personality, but as a producer, you know, and, and I, I didn't realize how good I had it with a number two guy like you, um, you know, until I got into a different situation and I had people, sure. you know, it's just, you know, it's like, so I just didn't realize it. And, and we put together some really good shows and good content. 
Um, so I'll, I'll be the first to step up and say, dude, on me, on me, on me, ego, 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 narcissism, 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 asshole, asshole, asshole. And I'll take full responsibility. Well, I, that means a lot, Jason. And I appreciate you saying that because, um, I think the first factor is we are both older and wiser, right? I mean, I'm, I'm 40 now, so you're, you were how many years ahead of me? Not very many, but several. Okay, whatever it is, we're older. We're older and wiser. And listen, dude, we were we were a part of a machine of a radio station where ego really reigned supreme. Oh yeah. So like we, even if we wanted to grow as people, uh, we had to feed into the ego because we that was what that whole thing was all about. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying before, where I don't regret who I was or. Uh, or what I did or um, what I said, what I will say is I think some of those thoughts that I had were bull. And that's where I was saying that it was somebody that I feel I've never felt as much like myself, Jason, as I have in the last like six months since the process with Savannah has started, because I don't feel like I have to be that kid that I was when I was bull. Bull was the young me. And look, I had a lot of fucked up things going on in my head at a lot of different times. I have, we have an equally while different, we have an equally uh, complicated background, whereas we had complications that molded us to be who we were and why we did the things that we did, et cetera. Um, But what I think, as far as performance-wise, if I could go back, I would just want to tell myself and you, this is a performance and a show. When you leave here, be Brian and Jason, but when you're here, be Buckethead and Bull. And so, dude, I was listening to the tennis, porn verse tennis bit, right? You remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I sent you that list with it. I don't know if you've listened to it. I hope that you play it because it is, it's one of my favorite moments of the four years because I, I don't know if you remember it, but uh, we talked about tennis players and, and I know that you're, you're even deeper in tennis now, which is really freaking awesome. I've always had a soft spot for tennis. So I, and I know you have too, so I'm really excited you're able to do that. But we were talking about like, um, how the women sound when they uh, hit the ball and then how men sound in this and that. And then someone made a comment, you can't tell the difference. So I pulled clips of porn stars and tennis players. Well, I picked two guys. <laughs> <laughs> which in retrospect listening to it now it's like this is fucking hilarious that i did that whether i meant to or not is irrelevant you could hear how you were seething about it and you could hear how i was like well what's the big deal i think that the problem there was like we didn't know the buffer in between that we really were on a performance level with that and i think i took your anger about it to be legit when maybe you were being the angry host right. and just playing that part yeah. so that's that's where i wasn't seeing it the right way either so i on you know we we can sit here all day and 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 both apologize to the ends of the world but i really do think jason like there's been a, a brother kind of friendship with us when we do have our friendship and i think that you can't have a brotherhood kind of friendship with somebody if you don't really respect um uh you know what they bring to the table as a person and and you're i, I still say it there's a lot of the reason i can't do radio anymore is because i i you know we never had the opportunity to do more if we could have the opportunity to do more god only knows where we would be right now and I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Yeah, I it sucks because, you know, the radio business, they, they get to kind of pick and choose for the most part of what they're going to put together based off a of budget and to be able to time up who you want to work with at a specific time. 
It right. just doesn't happen. And, you know, the, the, the powers that be, the brilliant minds that are management in a lot of these places think, well, you can just do it with anybody. You know, why? No. What, you know, this is not how it should work. So I think uh, the radio business in itself is, is going to get a huge wake up call here in the next five ish years when a, yeah. a lot of personalities decide to say, hey, go fuck yourself. I got enough money in the bank. I'm going to podcast and, and I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell advertising for a third of what you're selling it for and uh, they'll get an ROI six times versus three times and hundred percent everybody's going to be happy with that I mean there's no secret that TikTok influencers are making more money than radio talent is <laughs> yeah there's They're getting every social media platform influencer is making more money than a lot of radio people are are you comfortable with uh, if you were referred to as an influencer or a content creator are you are you comfortable with those titles a uh, content creator, absolutely. Influencer, not so much. Um, no, I, was, I would say you're an OG influencer, Jason, right from the beginning. An OG influencer. I was called an influencer a couple weeks ago. Somebody had messaged me, and they were commenting on something. I forget what it was that I said, and and they were like, and I think I said it on social media. And they're like, "You're such a great influencer," or they put, "You're such a great hashtag influencer," and I was like. I don't think I've ever been called in it. Cause I think of some young kid, some hot, right. some hot model on Instagram, <laughs> you know, right. that's, that's trying to get you to, to drink uh, squeezy juice or whatever. That's, that's what it. I think of an influence, but as a content creator, yes, I want to own that title because <laughs> I own that title. When I was on the radio, I liked to say, I am a content creator. Then Absolutely. it become a buzz term. And now what we're doing with this, this project, this podcast thing, we create, great content. This is what radio should be in my 100%. opinion. At least talk radio should be. Yep. Um, you know, without restrictions and all this other stuff. So I think it's good. Now, as long as if we could just get Brandon up the par, I mean, and, and get him to work and wake <laughs> up and learn how to spell simple words and stuff like that. We would be Ooh. fucking flying high, Nate. I'm telling you, we would be on a, the next level of podcasting. Yeah. I get, we got to get him out. What's that? Put it all on my shoulders. Yeah, well, it's all on what your shoulders. What did Brandon do? No, actually, not, I got a better question. What is that behind the wall on Brandon's wall? Hold on, the, <laughs> hold on. The first question is not the right question. The question is: Is what does Brandon not do? Okay, okay. <laughs> and everybody wants to know. I say he looks like his studio is in Ukraine right now. It looks like he's Zelensky, you know, hiding from Putin. <laughs> Doesn't it look like he's been kidnapped or something? He looks like a Law and Order SVU episode. What is that on your wall? What does that say? That's a, that was my old, uh, my old uh, workout schedule that I've since not followed. <laughs> How old? Those are the rules for the children he keeps in his basement. Oh, come on. It, it was done in Braille. That was a time when he was blind. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, you know, let me go back. because I, I was talking about your your history, and when you came over to join me at the Rock Station in Orlando, and we were trying to do something. And then we got the opportunity in 2004 to do mornings, which was huge. Which Very exciting. I was not ready for at all. And we thought we were just killing it because we had the rock on and um, for, for Scorpion King and all this stuff. And they yeah. ended up moving us to afternoon drive. 
We go to afternoon drive. Well, they put you at afternoon. They were they wanted to break us up. They put you at oh, afternoon right. drive and said, you can go if you want, but we're going to put you in overnights. And that's when I went to do overnights there. That's right, because they, they, wanted, yep. they, they wanted to split us up. Um, there was only one two-man show on that station, and it wasn't you and I. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's no that. disrespect to the two-man show, but, but there was only one. Yeah, there, there were some egos definitely playing a part there. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I go to afternoon drive and I thought they wanted me to do a talk show, which I didn't know how to do a talk show at the time. And so I remember bringing in Bubba Ray Dudley and we had just become friends and I'm trying to put together these bits that were just fucking horrendous. And my ratings sucked. And I got yanked into the, yanked into the office and he said, look, you got to listen to your program director. If you don't, you're going to get fired. And, uh, they started air checking me and I was like, this sucks. Fuck you. And I, and I was like, but I don't want to get fired, so I'll listen to you. I listened to them. Guess what? They were right. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when I learned the first exit ramp um, I, theory in radio. You know? yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And, and so uh, then the show blows up, and then I get offered the job in Tampa. Uh, I get blown out in Tampa. I come back, and we're doing nights at Real Radio, and that was great for me personally and professionally. I was going through the divorce and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I could get back and do some partying and some reason I'm in my thirties at this time and all I'm attracting are 21 year olds, which was weird and great and odd and strange all at the same time. <laughs> all of those things. And then uh bulls over on the coast, Melbourne, he lives over in Melbourne and he reaches out to me one night and we hadn't talked in, I think we, we kind of talked a little bit at Earth Day birthday. That was when you yeah. had told me you were first diagnosed with MS. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, man. This, and, and then, so we, you know, it was, it was cool. And you're like, hey, if anything, I can do to help. And you started giving me ideas. And then you came over and you started doing cue cards. And I was like, this is great. And then they gave me, I use this term loosely, a budget to bring in, you know, to, to hire Bull and, and, and Prince, the intern, um, which was nothing. I mean, it was like poverty level money. Yeah. And so, uh, and so we, we started gaining some momentum. There was, we didn't have to prove much at nights. And then the midday guy gets fired because he tries to shoot his wife and dogs. Oh, he shot his dog and his wife. We put he put he shot the dog first, and then he shot That's the right. wife. Shot the dog first and the wife. Poor little dog. And fast forward a couple years later, I ended up getting that guy hired in Atlanta because <laughs> I right. didn't like what they had on the show then. <laughs> so, did you really? I did. You didn't know that. You didn't hear that story. No, I didn't. I didn't. So uh, we're talking about Shannon Burke. So Shannon, yeah. Shannon, outside of almost murdering his wife and dogs, right? Um, He's a very good radio personality. And at the time, in Atlanta, down the hall, we had a a news talk station. And they were auditioning people for the midday show. Uh, And I was fairly good. I mean, I was in good graces with the program director at the station at the time. And I remember walking by... I was on a break or something and I listen or no, I was, the show was over and I'm walking by the station and the speakers were on that station today and they're auditioning people, which is a very difficult job to win a, win a radio job in an audition sure. live on the air. I get it. But there's this fucking kid in there and he's spent 20 minutes telling his audience on a news talk station and he had bullet points. It was all written out how he's going to make talk radio better. <laughs> I wanted to put up like, what the fuck? Of course. And then I heard of rumors of, some other candidates that they were looking at, which I did not want in the building. So it was very strategic. And I was like, well, you're missing. There's a guy that's out of work. He's probably never going to get hired again. I don't know. 
Um, so I texted him and I told the program director, he came up and lightning in a bottle because he, did, huh? he, well, he got lucky the first, I mean, not that he didn't deserve it, but he got really lucky. The first day there was a story of a guy or a woman getting attacked by a Muslim woman. And there was an American flag involved. I mean, nice. it was like. Check that off is. every box for a conservative <laughs> talk radio station. And, That's it. <laughs> and then the like the husband was listening and calls in like, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. You're hired. Yeah, you're in. You're hired. Lightning I'm in a in. bottle. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. So wow. that that was that. So then I go to Middays and uh, mm-hmm. and Bulls there, and we, we have a very successful show at the beginning. And then, you know, Prince, the other producer guy leaves and it just kind of falls off and we're having a falling out. And, and really a lot of that, you know, my attitude at the time, um, even before that big meeting, you know, the pipe bomb meeting, it, it, I was I was becoming disgruntled um, in which I promised myself I wouldn't it wouldn't happen in Orlando. I wanted to stay in Orlando. I would move back to Orlando. I love Orlando. Yeah, I do. I, I really like I love the city. Interesting, but I, I'd move back to Tampa too because I didn't win there, and and I want to live by the beach. But the the thing is, is that um, I became disgruntled. I remember when it first started happening. There was a sales girl that was in the pocket of somebody in management, and she wasn't very good at her job. And I thought we were cool, and she snaked me in the show by selling the same bit to us in the morning show, and. I remember calling her that morning and I said, what do you, what, what is this? What do you, I, I'm listening right now and they're doing the same thing. You, you didn't tell, like, why would you do that? And yeah. I was really pissed off about it. And she lights me up and I'm going, who the fuck are you to light me? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then she goes to the big boss and I'm the one to blame. And of course. that started the downfall of of everything. It was like, Oh, he hasn't yeah. changed. It's like, I, she started screaming at me first. What are you talking about? Right. Right. So, um, then that was that. Well, then I moved to Atlanta. Yeah. It didn't help either that. I mean, our, the program director was, um, she allowed me to vent a lot to her and she understood both of our personalities really well. Um, so I think, you know, as you're saying the, the disgruntled part, I think, that is another, you know, not that we're searching for reasons to validate why we did what we did, but I, I suspect that I might've had some of those feelings as well and kind of took them out on you when it wasn't you. And, you know, I, um, I never doubted that, um, you know, that you went to bat for us and went to get more money for us and things like that. But, um, I think just knowing more about the business, I knew there was no more money for us. I knew they weren't going to do any more for us in that respect. And I knew, um, the only way for growth was for us to get on more stations and do more things that we can't just do on our own. We need the company to kind of push us a little bit and they're not going to do it. And again, remember that, you know, through with my time uh, with Mike Harvey, I have national syndication experience. So I understand how syndication works and I understand, you know, what Westwood One did for their talent and their shows and Dial Global, whatever company it was. So I I probably took a lot of the a a lot of my frustration with the company out on you. and, And that wasn't fair either, because we were really in the trenches together. We weren't like instead of, you know, trying to find a way out, which, again, I wasn't in the mindset to even get there. But I, like I've I've gone through more mental processing in the last ten years than I did the ten years before that, and I I consider myself a cerebral person that's always looking for deeper meaning. Ask 
Nate, how many conversations for two, three hours after McDonald's that we had that was just, you know, about constellations and stars and how that associates to the girl we just met at the bar. So, like, you know, I don't think we I was even in the space to do it, but there were so many variables that were against us um, that I think we just we took it out on each other because we were in each other's face about it. But I mean, I I know that none of that was your fault. None of it was was directly. None of it was, you know, anything that could have been handled any differently. I yeah. mean, we were the people we were. Well, I'm such a non-complacent person, and when you get put into a complacent situation, sure. and, you, and you know where the ceiling's at, yep. with no option of a sunroof. <laughs> um, exactly. You, 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 me personally, I become disgruntled, and then every little thing that's happening you know, really, really gets under my skin. Um, so let, let me ask you something else now that we're so much older and wiser and much more grayer um, sure. with, with your, like your wife, right? Mm-hmm. Does she believe like any of the stories that you share with her about our bar days or the women that you, cause bull pulled some really hot chicks. And I remember one girl in particular, she was really, really mm-hmm. hot. And, 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 and I asked her one night, I was like, what do you, you know, not that I was trashing. I was just like, what is it that you like about Brian? And she goes, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget where I was at. I was at Latitudes upstairs, that back bar by that, the corner where we used to hang out. And she looks at me and she says, I like his fingers. Oh my God. I remember (laughs) that. Jesus. I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's, I was like, that's cool. I mean, well, yeah, what a thing to say you like about a person that really makes me feel good as a man. Like, oh my God, I have big fat fingers. <laughs> orgasm hands. No, that's not what I'm looking for in my life. But that's, that's an orgasm 5,000. That's, that's what she said. I was like, all right, that's cool. But do you ever share those experiences with your wife? Because I tell you, I tell my wife and my and our kids, I'm like, dude, there was once a time I was big daddy bang bang. And they were mm-hmm. like, they were like, no fucking way. You're too much of a tool. You're telling dad jokes. You're, you're fucking 2022 Limp Biscuit. You're telling dad jokes at the dinner table. <laughs> we don't, uh, we don't talk a lot about, uh, the radio stuff very much. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, we don't go into a lot of it. It was another person and, and me and her are both of the understanding that, uh, we were probably in the same place, same time. She actually, she worked at Jeff Hansen with Creed when he was touring with them and he was, she was very closely associated to, to them and oh. the band and their whole op- operation there and the music scene and everything in Orlando, we were all probably in the same place at the same time sometimes, but I, I, we both agree that we would not have jived. We would not have liked the people we were at that time. So we kind of, you know, if something comes up, you know, that, that person you're talking about, uh, I've mentioned that person before that person's also from long Island where my wife is from. Uh, so, you know, we've mentioned that before, but those things are so far in the past for me that like they, yeah, they were again like right. I hate to to be a broken record, but they were really conducive of the person I was at that time, right? Like that, and I'm 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 trying to be cautious because, for instance, I don't want this person to see this and think that there's anything negative. That person is married. I believe she has a child. I'm very happy for her. I don't know anything else. Nate, I think is still associated, so he might know more than I do. But I honestly, truly don't care. I want everybody to be happy. Um, but those things were. You know, but but as far as the substance bef- behind that, like not the literal substance, like you just said, but um, like the substance behind it was really vain for me also. You know, I didn't want to get close to anybody. I had so many fucked up things in my head. You know, we, you know, let's have another conversation about our, you know, the, 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 the synced tracks of, of childhood that we had in our own ways. 
but I had a lot of things I had to figure out. I had to figure out my relationship with my dad and my mom and just myself, you know, putting the confidence in myself to be who I am today. Um, I was nowhere near that at the time. So being able to have, you know, a people around me, women around me uh, who were arm candy for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah. You always had like the hottest girls, you know, that porn girl. She was like, I was so wanted that girl so bad. And she liked her buddy magic man more than me. And I was like, what, what is this guy like fucking five minutes away from being homeless? What are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, I'm on the yeah, radio. And I, got, all there. I was like, I'm on the radio and I have a Lexus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Those card tricks, come on, he's better. Oh, dude, no, the was, card tricks. I just went last time I went back down to uh, Orlando, which was last October. I I I, I went out to his uh, glass blowing shop in Apopka. Yeah, it's pretty impressive what he built oh, there. Oh my god, it's incredible! It I'm so proud of him. Amazing what incredible. he did. And, yeah, and his uh, his wife girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend girlfriend yep. so sweet so nice yeah. but it was good seeing him and we've stayed in contact yeah. since and, and and whatnot but we did uh yeah. i did a show there from the glass blowing place that's awesome that you did that i had been trying to encourage him to have people come in there and do that kind of setup because you probably have a roadcaster or another portable board that yep. you can just pop up and do a, a pretty high quality because i also know and you know i'm sure your listeners and your viewers or whatever you refer to them as already know it you have a very, another thing I think we had in common, we have a high bar for quality, making sure that what we put out there is top notch all the time. So you're able to do that in a place like, oh, can I say the name of the place? Yeah, Old, old Kinderhook. Old Kinderhook, right? Old That's Kinderhook, it. yeah. So, you know, he's got that awesome space and like, let have people come in and do that kind of thing. I was excited to see you did that. I, I did see that. I well, do keep track of what you do. Well, that that's like one of the, the bonuses of this, which I really enjoy. You know, I'll take uh, my equipment down when we go see Nate in Mexico uh, yeah. in the Bahamas, you know, I just have it in a hard shell case and I've got a duplicate pretty much of my studio with, yes, a roadcaster and, you know, good microphone and just pop it. pop it up and we record and, and do our thing. It's, it's, it's on location and it's a great tax write off too, you know, totally. So right. I, Dude, I started an LLC last summer too. Yes. Oh my God. So where, where have I been all my life? I should have done this 10 years ago. Do you remember bull the bit of all bits that I said that I always wanted to do on the air at some point before I either retire or die. Do you remember what it was? Porn or tennis? No. No. Um, <laughs> no. I don't remember. I don't remember. I always said that I wanted to get my biological father on the air. And not be Jerry Springer? And not be Jerry Springer. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Yeah. Remember, that was a good one. So, so, or, or somebody in my family. Well, just recently, my biological half brother from my father reached what? out to me. I have now a relation. I have a new family, kind of. I have a, I, I, I have a relationship. Like we send each other prizes. Like I send him Old Bay goldfish and he sends me. Uh, sous vide equipment. <laughs> That's man. Isn't that, isn't that cool? I oh man, I'm about to get emotional. I'm very I If I do, please don't make fun of me. I don't think you will. I think that's I think that's so awesome, dude. That's that great. That's I, incredible, I, man. So uh, we, my wife and I were were binge watching Ozark. This has been quite some time now, and um and I'm sitting on the couch. She gets up to go to the restroom, and I had been following my brother, uh, this new brother on Facebook for some years and we right. were friends. I just didn't think he knew who I was. And so uh, he was out at a, at a baseball game with his wife, our father, which is weird. Sounds like I'm praying. 
and his mother, and I liked the picture. And I went back to playing on my phone, waiting for my wife to come back. And I get this message on Facebook, yo, from him, yo. I'm like, yo. And he goes, do you have some time to talk? And I'm like, do you know who I am? Which is really a douchey thing to say. But I really meant, like, do you know who I am? I'm like, your brother. And he yeah. goes, yeah, I've known who you are for years. Oh, wow. So my wife's walking in at this time, and I'm telling her. And she goes, you better put your shoes on and put a dip in because she knows it's going to be a long conversation and I pace yeah. and I need a dip. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, when do you want to, when, when can you talk? He's like, coolest thing ever. I'm behind the windshield for a while. I can talk now. Like I'm driving behind the windshield, like cool lingo. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, and so we talk and ever since then we've talked and we're trying to work out. He's wow. told, he's told the rest of the family that we're talking and, um, the father uh, is is a little hesitant right now, which is cool. Needs some time. I think the other siblings are are oh, kind of cool with. It. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm taking direction. So we're trying to figure out a way, if anything, for me to go up and hang with him. That's incredible, Jason. Isn't that cool? Me, I'm sure. I'm sure. Also, the fact that it was such an instant conversation was a good thing because he didn't have time to be anxious about it or sit on what's going to say this or that. He's like, I'm ready now. And that's it. And you went into it. The biggest problem I had in that conversation was not ending with brother. Like, what's up, brother? You know, mm -hmm. because he's technically my brother. Yeah. You know, but you didn't want to. I was like, don't say brother. Don't say brother. Like, brother. I'm a fucking wrestler. Like, I'm Hulk Hogan. Brother, <laughs> brother, brother. <laughs> you, um, you, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, we take a lot of parallels from TV shows, right? You know, we see shows and characters and we see associations and we equate them to our life. Um. I had a moment, I had a moment involving you, um, which is why, like, I, I knew that we would reconnect at some point, especially you can ask Nate, the, the, the times I seen him, I always was, you know, very, you know, I, I was very curious about how you were doing and, and things along those lines, et cetera. But, um, uh, I guess I'm, I, I'm nervous about even sharing this. I don't, I, I, um, do you watch Cobra Kai at all? Oh, I love Cobra Kai. So... In the first season, it might have been the second season, the episode where they show Johnny as a young kid uh, listening to Poison or Motley Crue, right. uh, just being bombasted by this asshole of a rich father who was a stepfather, uh, along with his mom who was young and was doing what she had to to give him a life, etc. And I was just like... Fuck, this is this is this is Jason. This is <laughs> I'm Johnny. So much of it where he's got a great heart. You look at Karate Kid the original, you can easily see how Daniel's the asshole in the whole thing. <laughs> but you see how he's not a bad person. He is he's in a survival mode all the time. He's protective of himself and his feelings. And he always wants to do he wants to do good by people. And like at that moment, I was like, shit, like that just that tells that, that is, that has to be so much of a, I'm so glad I got to share that with you, Jace. Like I, the, from the minute that you said we were going to come on, I was like, I hope there's an area to share this and I hope it's received the right way. But like, maybe it was the music, maybe it was the, the, the hair, maybe it was the, the, the eighties kind of style that you probably engaged in as well. I just saw so many parallels there. And I was like, man, like we were never, we were never, 
in a position to let our guards down far enough to really truly dive into it. And it's probably not a conversation for radio in the radio we did right now. It's a great spot for it. But, um, but yeah, I just, I, I do so many parallels from that. And, and I really, you know, like I think the, the first step to rekindling and understanding is understanding really truly trying to understand the other person and who they are and why they are. Um, and and that was yeah like right from the beginning and i wonder now that i said that if if you agree or if you disagree or or if there's anything to that no i mean i you're right we both had that in common with making parallels i do that with brandon all the time with the donkey and shrek and you know so i I, like i i i would (laughs) i'm sorry Brandon. i just had to get that in i i i I think that that there's a lot of truth to that you know i always say to people with me is i'm misunderstood you know nate's a survivor of me you know he's (laughs) he's gone through you know he's seen one side of me he's definitely seen a different side of me and it's funny because nate and i just the other day um we were talking some business stuff now bull you don't know nate as the business guy at all you i know, don't not you, really much at all no you know nate is the stoner munchy let me go bang some chick on the beach guy so so hey dude skewing out bro dude, dude. yeah just fucked hey, her just fucked her on the beach yeah dude fucking it was cool she was able to put a watermelon up there it was really neat you know mm. so that that's that's the nate that back in the day nate so we were having this conversation the other day and I'm listening to him talk business and the understanding of broadcasting and and radio and what we're doing now and what we're trying to achieve. And what did I say to you, Nate? You were just like, I just love hearing you talk like this or something, something along those lines. Like I've never seen this side of you. No, I go, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. I love hearing you talk like that because you know, you, you've just come such a, such a long way. So, you know, to see, your perspective or your idea of like what I was, I think you always kind of understood me. The problem is, is I never fully understood you. And, and that was my biggest issue. Um, similar to Johnny's, you know, he just, he takes, <laughs> takes him a minute to figure it out. Sure. And, and, and that's sure. That, that. Unfortunately for me, it's always, you know, a day late and a dollar short. And then the baggage is too much to handle and you're kind of just left on the side of the road. So that that's my problem. It, might, it will always be my problem. Ongoing, it will be my problem, unfortunately. I think right now we're the beneficiary, though, of a society that elongates youth. And we definitely took advantage of that and stayed young as long as we could. And now we have a lot of years to to be old men and get to get to that level and continue a friendship of understanding. Because it's it's never too late to get there. The genuine respect and and uh, and uh, and desire to know you more uh, is always going to be there because we spent a lot of time together. You know, like I. I watched your dog, you know, I stayed in your home, you know, I had a key to your house. Like when you handed me that, I was like, this isn't the right key. Like, <laughs> something's not kosher about this. See Brandon, how big of a deal that was when Nate brings that up, how big of a deal it was to get access to my house and to walk uh, alley. It's true. Yep. The Coy Ponderosa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian, I, I often tell the story when I was, I was an intern and I was first allowed to go let out Jason's dog as you know, he's out of town or something like that. And I remember I told Prince at the time, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going out, you know, let Jason's dog out. He's out of town. Uh, he's like, he, he gave you the code to the door. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, dude, you don't understand how big that is. That's a huge fucking yeah. step, you know? Cause you know, uh, he was very private at the time, but yeah, I mean, I, I, 
am who I am from both of you guys. You know, I, you guys are my mentors and I've learned everything from both of you. Um, so it's been, this is great. I, I gotta tell you, I've, I've been like kind of the, the broken home kid for the last few years. Um, so, you know, like you guys are my two dads and, and maybe at some, you know, odds for a while, but it, it, and I've been trying to say, you know, you guys, it's the, you're so similar because you're so passionate about these things. Um, so it, it just makes me really happy to see, um, you know, come back together and, and have these conversations. Do, do you talk to uh, anybody from the old show still? Well, uh, I talk to Prince, uh, regularly where we can time difference. Uh, he was in my wedding as well. Um, Still keep in touch with uh, with Otto uh, where I can. I saw um, a picture of him on social media the other day with uh, Jack. I was like, Jack, yeah. I thought that dude was not Jack, but Otto, I thought he was dead. You know, yeah. you know. Because did you know his ex wife reached out to me to try to bury him, and and mm-hmm. and I said to her, I was like, I want no part of this. And well, I'm, I appreciate you doing that. Um, and for the sake of the whole situation, I I don't want to talk about it, but I I appreciate you doing that because that was uh that's been kind of a mess of a situation for him. So yeah, I, I mean, like I had no idea what was going on, and and nor did I care because both of them trashed me when I left. I'll never forget the last text I got from that dude, um, the day that uh, he was quitting or or something or li- li- it's like his last day or whatever it was. It, it was we just done a broadcast at Universal, I think, or something, and he had texted me this fairly long, lengthy text and just ripped me to shreds. Mm-hmm. And my la- my response was LOL, and that mm-hmm. was the last communication we had. And I was like, "Fuck you, dude! I, you know, I saved your ass. You were out of work, and I hired you. You know, I was like, you know, yeah. I don't know what your deal was. You're lazy as shit, too." Um, now little did I know I'd later in life find people lazier, but uh, just like blown away. And so, um, but, and then he just like disappeared. Like, and then his wife, his ex-wife who was like a bigger trasher of me than anybody for whatever reason, she has the balls to reach out to me and go, Hey, we're going through this messy divorce. Can you say such, write me a letter? I'm like, I want nothing to do with this. Fuck that. Well, I appreciate you staying away from that. That's yeah. Yeah. That was a mess. That's, that's a mess. I, I feel, I feel for him with that, but. Oh, yeah. is that, is that, is that, is that, is that, is that uh, her thing or not anything? You don't have to talk about that. Okay. No, I, I would just, yeah, I just uncomfortable talking about it, okay. you know? Okay. Right. But, but nonetheless, um, what's I still he doing? Keep in touch with, what does he with do? Him. What does he do for a living? How does he make money? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to talk about that. Oh, oh <laughs> really? Fans. I just, no, it's not, I don't think there's, it's, it's not like that. It's just that, you know, um, I'll say this. I think anybody that's familiar with Otto knows that he was a very private person, even on the air. So I, I don't know that he, you know, would, uh, want his, uh, life shared in the public forum. I'll say that he does crochet work. He'll make you a scarf. <laughs> he, he makes doilies and uh, sells them at farmers markets on the weekends. He whittles he, he whittles rocking chairs for Cracker Barrel. He just doesn't want anybody to know it's his work. Hey, if he does, my wife wants one of those rocking chairs, so I might have to hit him up on that. What about they're, Prince? They're expensive, aren't they? Oh yeah, very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. What, very what, comfortable. what about Prince? What does he do? Uh, he is, um, he's in California still, and I think he's been, um, been getting involved with some TV production, uh, and kind of things like that. I think his wife also does some similar kind of stuff. So he's, you know, he's, he's doing what, uh, he's doing his thing. I'll say that. Is he still broken? Wasn't he like broken like his back or something? Cause he's like skateboarding um, or broke dance or something. 
Yeah, he's had some some complications from his back issues that's that have been kind of hard for him. But uh, but he's still kicking. He's still going. So um, what about the hairy really hard? What about the drone Which, guy? Drone guy. Harry I, I, he would reach out every so often. I never really got close with him at all. I think he. Um, I, I I'm not afraid to say it. I, I don't know. I don't know really if he brought what we brought to the table in the same on the same kind of plate that we would have served it on. He was a little bit off the beaten path with the ideas that he had and things like that. But but again, he had a law degree. Right. So what the he was making, you know, what he was making an hour there and he's sitting on a law degree. And it's like, dude, go fucking be a lawyer. Take the bar, start collecting cash, taking cases. And you're in the wrong spot for this. But yeah, but that um, one's on me. Never stayed in front of him. You know, he wasn't my hire. That was the program director's hire, even though he didn't mesh with the show as as. (laughs) (laughs) Nate knows all about that. Did he get hired? He get hired over you. Yeah, I was told mm-hmm. I basically had the job and I extended my internship, delayed my college graduating a whole semester, and then they fucked me over and yeah, hired him. I, yeah. I didn't and know. So that. I had to sit there and work underneath him as an intern for the next half of a year. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh, well, shit. Okay. Well, I, I <laughs> yeah. sorry. Um, but, um, but that should have been my first sign of how radio is. Um, but now I know. Hindsight yeah. is 2020. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that station, I don't know if you saw it. And, and I have nothing bad to say about it because I don't want to come across that way. I try to put good out into the world again. But um, it, it was always. Let me back up and say this. And I know you mentioned you would want to move back to Orlando. I, other than my family being there and a necessity, I am so disinterested in that city and Florida as a whole, really, but that city. um, And we were kind of in the epitome of what that city is, where it's, there is a level of Disney world in every single thing in that city. So, there was, you know, we know, we know what's going on behind the walls in that radio station. A lot of people did. They put a lot of it out there. A lot of clicky behavior in all of those radio stations. That cluster in general, those radio stations were not really in the national radio and broadcast kind of circle. Look at that radio peeps group that were in Nate. Like there's never people from Orlando in there. There's hundreds of thousands of people. There's thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands. There's thousands of talent from across the country. None of them are from Orlando. The people from Orlando never wanted to go to the boot camps and the different things like that. They didn't want to be engaged with the circle. They were from Orlando and it's Disney World and we're this upper level of entertainment. Well, are you or are you just looking at Disney with a disgruntled mindset and you're like the anti-Disney without trying it and you're really the same thing. You're just putting lipstick on a pig and you're being clicky about things. You know, we're talking about, you know, where the ceiling is for where we were at middays at that station. It's the same morning show is still there. The afternoon show is, in essence, still there. Where would we have gone? The the midday show who replaced you, us, is still there. Yeah. So complacency, mix that with, um, you know, but it's tough at the same time, right? Because a, a guy like Johnny Magic's been there, but he's built a life from there. And in effect, he is a local icon in that area. He's done so much for the community. People really love him. There's no reason for him to go anywhere else. But what if you want to do the morning show on that radio station? What, you're just going to sit there and wait and hope one day he calls it quits? No, you're not. So the whole pay your dues thing, um, and I know you were heavy on that. You were very heavy on it, but I think it was because you were you were programmed in that kind of a mindset from your internship. Pay your dues is just a mechanism to keep people at bay while the people who hold the positions are continuing to hold the positions. So so there's a, there's, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. It was one of the reasons why I left. 
because I wasn't going to make the money I felt like I deserved in Orlando. Right. Um, and I wasn't going to get the recognition amongst my peers in Orlando. Right. Definitely from not the not from the company then. But because I left and went to a top 10 market and because I had success in Atlanta, I can say I told you so. Yep. I'm at a point now in my career, um, not only professionally, but personally and financially, where it's not about getting the brass ring anymore. Right. It's about enjoying what I do, continuing to do this, which Personal is fulfillment. very important. Um my mental health of not overworking myself, which I have a tendency to do. That's mm -hmm. why I've recently uh, okayed the idea of going back to music radio, as long as it's personality driven as because I'd need time to do this. So yeah. it's almost like not volume over value, but volume with value is what I need, but in small, like right. do the podcast, I've already talked to Nate about this, you know, if, and when I go back, he's going to be in charge of this. I'm really just going to, you know, come up with the, get the ideas and come in and do this, but we're going to have to have people doing everything else. Sure. Um, so I want this to be a well-oiled machine. That's why we're continuing to grow the brand and do changes and get more subscribers and get more advertisers and blah. I want this just to work on its own because I can never get fired from this job. Right. Exactly. Cause, cause it's my, yours. That's my, I'm the boss, you know? Yeah. I, I want to be in that situation to never, to have something steady to never get fired from. I was always worried about any radio job I've had every, every three years, five years, whatever the case may be. Or even before that, I was afraid I was gonna get fired for whatever reason. I just sure. terrified. It's um, what we dealt with every day. That's why I've always, that's every why, day. that's why I adopted the attitude of, I just don't care. You know, and it was kind of a gimmick you know, some of the people I worked with thought I was paranoid. I was like, I'm a fucking visionary. I know what's going to happen. I called me getting fired here in Atlanta. I uh, both times, yeah. you know, so like the day of, I remember going on the air and going, today's looks like probably going to be the last day. <laughs> You're crazy. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it's not crazy. Why? Um, why? Like, I guess I'm guessing a rock radio you would want to go back to. You know, I, I'm, I can't do top 40, but I, I would do, um, I'm definitely not, I can't do sports. I tried that. I was horrible Dude, at that. Sports, oh. it, that's another thing that like a, a check mark. I did, um, I started a hockey brand called Hockey Now and I did a podcast and I was able to, I was the beneficiary of being involved with the Solar Bears. So I had access to the coach and guests and content and things like that. <clears throat> I also had the trust at iHeart where they gave me a half an hour of, of airtime on the sports show, et cetera. But sports is such a sports when you're in sports inside of it, you see how people who are outside of sports, like radio broadcasters who talk sports, it's just a rat race of fandom. You, you, you really don't have legitimacy in the sport. You're, you're just a super fan who has a microphone to spew. And when you're inside it, you realize that is like it's I wish I could hand pick some of those people and say, go work for an organization. Forget about being on the radio because I think a lot of it, and I don't, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you say. I think a lot of the allure of being on the radio is just hearing your voice out there. But if you don't care about hearing your voice out there to the masses, to as many people as you can, if you can shift that to focus on the people who really care about what you're doing, you're going to do so much better with it. So I, I checked off sports radio uh, with the hockey brand and yeah, I, I could well, never go back and do sports radio. Was, never. It, it was like talking politics with a with a ball. I mean, these people yeah. knew nothing uh, no. of the outside world, and they they used words that they didn't normally use in real life. Like I remember getting into it with this guy 
um, off the air, he, he comes up to me and he used the word demonstrative. And I looked at him and I said, I go, I, I, I'll never forget this. I looked at him and I said, the fuck are you? You don't use that word in real life. What the fuck are you using it right now? You know, and that's just kind of me and my attitude. And, and he got, he was totally offended. I remember mm-hmm. doing a parody song about the guy for the dolphins and being a bully. And we did, you know, wooly bully, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And people were irate. They don't add a fucking joke. Like sports became yeah. not fun at some point. I don't know when it was, but I would yeah. do obviously rock radio. Um, I would even dip into country radio. Just I was wondering if you'd say that. I like the country community. I'd have to brush up on my country music artists, of course. Yeah. But Kane Brown, you know Kane Brown? I do know Kane Brown. Um, um, he unfortunately he unfortunately doesn't know all of Nelly's songs. I saw him with Nelly on CMT <laughs> one time. He's like, yeah, Nelly's a country it. artist now, right? Well, I don't know. There was like Kelly and Kane, or Nelly and Kane Brown and. And, oh my God. He couldn't keep up. So I would do country radio. Um, I'm curious how well I would do there. I, I would probably, you know, if Bobby Bones could do it, I could fucking do it. You know, so. Um, well, let me ask you this, though. Do you have to do it? Like, the, is radio really the best display for your skills? And when I say radio, I don't mean this. This is not radio. This is. This is content and and it's I know that you probably because there was a there is a traditionalist uh, in broadcasting inside of you. I think in both of us, just because of the era that we came into it and we still had the we had the dream of carrying the ball from the 80s, 90s radio into the new millennium. Like, I think that's part of what our dream was and 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 extending that reality had different plans. It wasn't going that direction. I don't like, do you really think that on the air over the airwaves is the best usage of your skills? I'm not sure that it is. Well, if you ask Nate, he's going to say, no, he does not. He doesn't (laughs) want me ever to go back to radio. Okay. Um, And there's a very simple answer. If somebody can get me five to eight more sponsors, I don't need to go back to radio. (laughs) Sure. That's the hardest part, right? Is trying to somebody to sell the product. But, but I have a, a level of living that I need to live and that, that means money. And I now have what five, four, five, six people to pay. You know, um, I've got a very bougie daughter that has Mm -hmm. to have Starbucks three times a day, you know? So, I mean, I got, I got, I got bills, I got kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, Hey, real quick. Uh, I I really admire you for your, uh, your role in those children's lives, because I know, I know where it was when I, you know, the last that we talked and when you and, and her started your relationship and, uh, I, I really admire you for doing that. And I think that it's, uh, I think it probably from the outside, maybe, uh, facilitated a lot of the things that molded you to be the person you are and, and helped break down some of those walls. I, I really, I mean that sincerely, Jason, right from the beginning, even when we weren't talking and the things that I had said, et cetera, like I really admire you and respect you for doing it. Cause there's a lot of people that wouldn't do it. And I mean, I see the pictures that you share and, and I see the kids and everything and they're, I mean, you know, they seem to be very happy children. And, you know, without a doubt, you have a huge, huge role in that. Well, I appreciate that. I, I told my new brother this. I was like, not to be cheesy or anything, but I think that it was kind of my calling. You know, because when, yeah. when I met Rage, I was like, you know, this is the last thing I fucking want. Some chick with two kids. I was like, I'm Big Daddy Bang Bang, man. I'm going downtown yeah. and I'm pulling the bitches left and right. I don't need this shit in my life. What are you kidding me? And, uh. You know, and I remind her about this on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and so, but then, you know, I, I fell in love with Rach the, the second I, I saw her when she was in the green oh. room. 
I know. I remember when we went to uh, that the place for a Super Bowl party, yeah. and she she was there, and there was someone else that was there that I was assumed that you would be yeah. latched on, and then you latched somewhere else, and I was like, okay, that's yeah. that's gonna happen, and that's gonna happen. Well, she like, was she was it. the GM, and one of her waitresses wanted right. to dick, right? Know? And 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 then she still had to work. She's right. She's in the room, by the way. So. She, she had to work, but I couldn't stop talking to her. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, we're going downtown, you know? And she's like, we'll have fun. <laughs> and her, her little waitresses, these hot little waitresses came with us. And this mm-hmm. girl was attached to me. And I was like, not interested. All I could think yeah. about was rage. And I'm texting her the whole night and stuff. And that was the end of it, you know? And then, I, of course, I fell in love with, with the kids. And Caleb yeah. and, and Arielle's my little princess, you know? So... You know, it wasn't part of the plan, but I, t- I told my brother, I was like, I think this was my calling being a, you know, a kid without a dad. It's good to have a dad in your life. You know, yep. um, you need, you need that. I was def- yeah. definitely, you know, well, I don't know. I did my best with Caleb, but you know, <laughs> with Ariel, I think I did, I think <laughs> I did, a, kids, right? I think I did a better job. Yeah. He's better now, now that he's yeah. in his twenties and he's a human being, you know, he still takes fucking two hour long showers, but other than oh, that, so do I. <laughs> You, okay, well, let me tell you something. You can't in Georgia. The the your water bill is you're going to be in for a unpleasant surprise with what you have to pay in water in Georgia versus the free water in Florida. I'm telling. I'm you. glad you mentioned that because my HOA in Florida covered my water bill, so I never had to look at that. But we have a yeah, good call, good call. No <laughs> more long showers, babe. Yeah, and, and you know, I almost it almost got to a point with Caleb where I was going to put a governor. On the shower, some Bluetooth oh shutoff valve. <laughs> Wasn't he really into? He's really into emo music too. Like, was he really into that? To emo oh, yeah. music? Oh dude. yeah. Oh dude. When I see would see pictures like with his hair, I was like, oh my god, Jason. The the Brett Michaels inside of Jason is ready to rip his hair out. Well, he's he's you know we, we still and that's what kind of connects us is the music and you know we were just talking the other day. He's like, dude, the Smashing Pumpkins are going out with Jane's Addiction and. And he knows that I've interviewed Billy Corgan and I have a way to get to him and this and that. And I was like, well, dude, when they, you know, just let me know what I can. And I still have connections down in Orlando so I can hook them up at the house of blues and, um, the Rick and everybody at JRR, they took care of him for earth day birthday, which is very nice. And right. Right. So, uh, that's what kind of connects us is the music, you know, you know, that's good. Me and my dad connected with hockey. That was another part of why this is so important to me, especially after my dad passed. I was able to, uh, I spent most of my life uh, trying not to be little Brad, uh, my dad's name. And now I've turned into him and I couldn't be happier. And because of the hockey and because of all these things and the way they manifest and, and where I am now, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's where our connection came from with my genuine dad. So I can understand how the music was there for you guys. How's your mom doing? Mom's doing great. She just turned 65. Um, she still, is still baking uh, cookies, still doing cookies, she, gingerbread cookies. Oh. Yup. She tried to, she uh, had a little business with that and yeah. had, to, had to stop doing it. It's just, you know, starting a business, uh, seems like a great idea and it is. And then when the level of work gets to be too much and the plan to grow is not there, it becomes more of a hassle. So she still does it for fun. Uh, she's living in Zellwood, which is, uh, just Northwest of, uh, Apopka. Uh, she's a beautiful house and she's married and, um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's just doing great. She's she's, she great. was always great on the air. I always liked to have her. She was so yeah. much fun. Dude, so I sent you that drive with the select pod. So if we had a really good show, I'd go home to iTunes and I'd pull that podcast down and listen back to it. Like I have, I had a little, a big egocentric part of myself too. I love hearing when I 
you know, do something really funny. Yeah. So the other bit was the, uh, I think you shared this, the text, the frenia. Yeah. The text. Yeah. Dude, when she goes on there and you're like, how does that make you feel? She's like, it's breaking my heart. Like I still fucking die. Every time I hear that she was so perfect for it. And she was so timid. She, you know, that poor woman, I had to, you know, talk about what we did in the time when social media was exploding. I had to have a conversation with her. Like, ma, listen, I love that you're engaging in my posts and things like that, but like, there's a following there and I don't want you to get mixed up with these people. And I talk to you every day. So this stuff on Facebook is not really for you. So she kind of like took a back seat and, you know, and was very timid about being involved. But whenever we asked her to do something, she was always, I mean, outrageously good. Oh, she, she was, was great. great. Prince, yeah. didn't, Prince didn't like having his mom on. And I used to love having Prince's mom on because I made a comment about her nipple one time. You, every time you oh, would make a time. comment about her nipple. <laughs> so, it was like, what did I say? I used to say it like it, it was. Nepal's. Like, cause, Nepal's. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then whatever. Because they yeah. were pointy. Like, they were always pointy. And I would bring that up. And he would get furious with me. And obviously, I did it every time because it made him mad. And sure. she seemed to be okay with it. But she was a good-looking woman with pointy nipples. And I just pointed it out. <laughs> Like, no pun, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her too. She's she's great. I won't comment on her nipples, but I love her as well. Um, okay, well, before so, we let yeah. you go, uh, I, I think that this would be a good opportunity for Brandon, since Brandon is listening like a fly on the wall, and for us to reminisce and all this good stuff, I'm sure Brandon has something to say. Like, you don't believe something, or you have a question for Bull. What? Uh, well, I was going to ask about the Savannah Bananas. There's a oh. different question if you've been there before. Have, have you been there? I haven't been to the Bananas yet. Uh, I am planning to go to my first Bananas game this summer. That's a dumb oh, fucking okay, cool. question. I mean, well, I, it's not like he's the tourist director of Savannah. We're talking about <laughs> our lives here. I mean, all the stuff you're asking about Savannah Bananas, really? We're trying well, to get deep here. I, I heard it. I was thinking about it like, uh, you know, probably 45 minutes ago when he was talking about the, uh, the hockey, and I was like, why do they have all these, like, sports down here. I was like, oh, Savannah Bananas would be good to ask him. Nate, why do I even? I try to include him on the show. People are like, Brandon doesn't talk as much. I try to, as we say, throw it to him, and then he just asks always fucking stupid questions, even with our guests they're on. I like other guests. To be fair, when people hear about Savannah, they often bring up the Bananas first, because they're they're surging in popularity right now with their TikTok, and they had their games on ESPN. Um, it's, it's an outrageously successful and fun thing that they have here with the Bananas. Um, the difference between the bananas and our team is that we are a professional team. So we will have a level of uh, expectation on the ice. As far as the team that is playing, you will be coming to cheer for our ghost pirates to win. You go to a bananas game and you're going for the experience. And it's really, it's an outrageously good experience. They do. um, uh, They do some things like, you know, you'd, you'd I'd love to talk about this with you, Jason, either on or off. I think you'd find it very interesting, but um, going to and attending a live sports event is very much like programming a radio show. That's why it's become kind of natural to me. So the features, everything, basically, when you go to a game, everything that happens that doesn't involve the player hitting the puck with his stick is controlled by somebody. And for the for uh, for the Ghost Pirates, that somebody will be me and my team. So we program the different things to keep people engaged and entertained, the trivia, the crash of the game, the different kind of things like that. So the Bananas, um, baseball is an incredibly hard sport to program because 
forgive me if you're a baseball fan, but it's an incredibly boring sport to watch through from beginning to end. Yeah. Talking about a four hour baseball game, you know, guys up there for 10 foul ball pitches. And then he's got a 12 minute at bat. It's like, well, what are you supposed to, you can only play bum, 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 enough times between pitches before it gets boring. Um, but they've done some things that are really cool for the experience. They have a two hour time limit. So the first time the first pitch goes out, the game will end in two hours. If it's in the fifth inning or the ninth inning, it will end in two hours. Um, food and beverages included for free and the different pomp and circumstance. They do TikToks in the middle of the games. Um, it's really cool. It's fun. Uh, it's not a professional sports team and we are a professional sports team and we're just excited to bring the other side of sports to Savannah and between the two of our teams, um, like Savannah is a really outrageously great community place. You know, I mean, people love it here. Yeah. And, and you're not far and from sports. You're not far from Jacksonville, right? Two hours, two yeah. hours from Jack's and yeah. our sister team, same ownership as the Jacksonville Iceman. So we'll have a natural uh, uh, fran- uh, ownership rivalry there. Uh, we'll have the historic rivalry with the team in Charleston. That's only two hours to the north of us in South Carolina. We'll have the in-state rivalry with Atlanta. That's only four hours. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sick spot. Like, as far as being in the midst of everything. What is Atlanta? What do we have? Oh, is a thrasher still? What is it? What, no. It so the so it, they used to. Yeah. So the NHL tried hockey in Atlanta twice back in the seventies. They had the Atlanta flames who ended up uh, relocating to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and they're actually still in the playoffs now. Uh, and then they tried again in the late nineties with the Atlanta thrashers, but it just, it hockey just doesn't work in Atlanta for whatever reason. Some things just don't work. Um, but you have the Atlanta gladiators, which is the ECHL. Um, and I believe last I checked, they were affiliated with the Bruins, the Boston Bruins, uh, that is probably still correct. Um, but yeah, yeah, you got that right there in your backyard. Yeah. I know about the thrashers. I had to hear about it quite often for, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the gladiators are affiliated with the senators, Ottawa, Ottawa senators now. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then the, um, thrashers, I guess they turned into the Winnipeg, the Winnipeg jets. Jets. That's what it yep. is. Yeah. 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 No, good, good, so. good question, Brandon. Wow. Way to, way to be on point with all the good stuff that we brought up. <laughs> See all that went? We just brought it all back. You, you, weren't, you weren't even paying yeah, attention. about Savannah. You weren't even paying attention to the history lesson that, that he just shared with you about how you're sitting there going, well, I just had to fucking ask something because Jason asked me to fucking say something. And to fucking be damned. Ding, 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 dong. So, all right. Anyway, um, I'm very proud of you, Brian. Uh, I'm very Thank happy you. for you. Um, I'm going to make it a point because, for the most part, I got nothing but time right now. Great. Pop over to Savannah and see a game, take you and your wife out to dinner, maybe go on a ghost tour, too. And please, uh, yeah, uh, I love trolley tour, the whole thing. We'll do everything the whole for sure. Bang, I like it. Um, yeah. all right, Nate, you got anything for bowl before we go? Uh, not really. I'm just glad we're we're doing this, and hopefully, we can do another one sometime soon. Get some updates, yeah. Maybe we do actually, to. maybe we do like a two peer event, like a, a road trip or something to come see a game. That'd be fun. That means yeah. you have to fly from Mexico. Yeah, they got an airport in Savannah. Yes, we do. An international airport. <laughs> all right, all right. We're adding I'll more flights. There. We're adding more flights all the time. <laughs> all right. Do they have Spirit? Because I'm on. I got. I got no, a we we don't have Spirit. Uh, we have Breeze, which is the new JetBlue airline. Silver Airways comes here. Delta, etc. So, you can, well, I'm just telling you, you should pitch it to your guys because uh, Spirit. Ghost Pirates, it goes together. Get them on as a sponsor. Bring them into Savannah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking, too. Can I ask you one thing, Jason, before we go? Yeah. 
Do you think that uh, the fact that it's a screen between us is making our first interaction a little bit easier? Like, do you think you would be, I don't know that I would be as at ease if we were face to face, like in person. Do you think anything of that? I would. I'd have no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 but, but it's also because I've been doing this screen thing you know, yeah. I've become used to it and accustomed because I got to tell you, like when before, you know, the pandemic and Zoom was a thing and whatnot, you know, I was working with people like at the sports station, Randy Cross, for example. And some days he'd be in New York having to do it out of the studio there and he'd be on. So you were doing it. ISDN, but I wouldn't see him. And I was like, well, why can't we see each other? Like, can't we do that? We got TVs everywhere. So right. finally, the engineers figured it out. I mean, this is like 2013. <laughs> And, and so I just thought it was weird and awkward and I didn't buy into it. I'm like, no, you've got to be here. You've got to be in the studio. That's how we do it. And then more and more radio shows would do shows together because they couldn't stand each other, but they had a brand and weren't right. in different parts of the country. But I, since now doing it, I like, I feel like Nate and Brandon are for the most part in this room with me, in there with you, yeah. you know, and when yeah. we talk to guests, I'm very comfortable with that too. So yes, to answer your question, sure. we could have been face to face and I would have been as open and honest as I've been here in the last awesome. hour and a half or so. But not I, a problem. Know, I know what you're saying though, because I, I have my class 20 year class reunion coming up here soon. And if it was just on zoom, I would be like kind of no big deal, but I'm kind of nervous actually to go talk to these people face to face that I haven't talked to in a long time. It's like, what do I say to them or anything? So yeah, I think that that face to face would make me a little nervous too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's different um, because you're gonna have like fifty people come up to you and be like, dude, you remember the one time you put the booger on the locker and then the teacher came out and you're like, No way. And I was like, Yeah, remember that? No, no. Isn't that what we've been doing for the last hour though? Yeah, just remember not the in that one voice. time we're in the radio station. <laughs> it's like the, the black guy and can't hardly wait. He's like, Remember that one time? <laughs> Um, I'll talk to you. By the soon. way, I just noticed your shirt, and I love your shirt. Oh no, you can't be held responsible. I know. The Did you? So when you asked me, you could tell that I'm not ready to go either. So I'm not trying to take up your time, but <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Um, when you when you text me about that song, did you know it before I replied a couple weeks ago? The Len song, "Steal My Sunshine." Uh, okay, so. Because I was like, why didn't he just Google it, dude? It's 2022. Yeah, but don't, you're not, that's an episode we do, and they're not supposed to know that I didn't know the song. So, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, my yeah, bad. Sorry. Okay. A, yeah, I, could, I, I, I had one, as the older I get, the more I start to forget things. We were talking about that, that not long ago. Like, I don't know if it's I'm going through amnesia or what, or just got too much on my mind. <laughs> But I, I, I knew we were doing a top three, which uh, is an episode we do on Tuesdays. And it was top great, great, great show. I love that idea. Love Thank it. you. Top three songs that scream summer. And the first one that popped in my mind was Lent. Uh -huh. And uh, I loved that song when it was on the radio. They shot the video in Daytona Beach. Canadian um, kids. It, it was it was just a thing. And my mind went blank. I couldn't think of it. And I, I didn't know what to Google. Like, I, I thought about mm -hmm. it. I was like, what do you Google like, I didn't know, I couldn't think of the song. I couldn't, think, I could sing it, but I, I just, my mind right. went blank. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the guy that knows more about music than any music historian in the Thank world. Uh, and that's, I, that was my first thought. And like, literally I didn't put, I, I didn't even try to research it. I was like, I'll just ask him, huh? but I'll right. tell you after I text you, before you text me back, it popped in my head. Yeah. 
That so, always happens. But that I way. didn't want to text you back and go, oh, never it's mind. Like, I found it. I already it. got it. Well, I appreciate that. So I, I, thought was, I knew it. I was like, he had to know it. But I was in iMessage purgatory. <laughs> oh, especially I have my read receipts on too. I make it really bad for people, don't I? I oh like, my God. Oh, don't text him back. Cause that will just kill the conversation. He'll think you don't want to talk to him. Maybe like he's thinking just, this is a way to say hi. I don't know. It's so oh much going into God. this right now. That's funny. I'm glad you did though, Jace. Like, and, and it's, it's funny. You know, if you got to go, you got to go. But another thing I wanted to ask you, why, why was it Bob Saget that brought us back together? Cause that's, that's where it started yeah. was when Bob Saget, but why him? Like, why did he mean so much to me and you individually that that was the thing that, that linked it? So Bob was part of, I think the last show that me, you and Otto did together. That was the show at universal studios. That, yeah. That was probably our last one on location that we did together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was the last one on vacation. That was a Friday Yes, that's what happened. So yeah, I was, yeah. uh, my contract was up, but my deal in Atlanta hadn't been finalized yet because I was supposed to be getting the job that I had for the last seven years. But mm. that had fallen through because they couldn't pull the trigger on making a decision. But the sports thing was on the table and mine for the taking if I wanted it. Right. And so uh, we didn't know what we were doing. So we we're trying to stall. I heart to their, to their credit, um, weren't happy that I was leaving, of course, but they they granted me an extra couple days on the air. And right. so Friday was originally supposed to be the last day, and they pushed it off until Tuesday. It was a Tuesday was the last day, I remember. Um, and so that Friday was the last day that Otto was on the show. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the, the Bob Saget episode, which was a great show. And I mean, yeah. remember we did the full house reenactment as his, his yeah. Danny Tanner. Incredible. And then later that night was my first official date with Rachel at uh, hard rock. We went right, to go right. see him. And then we hung out with Bob afterwards at the hard rock right. bar uh, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I know I walked you by where I got married <laughs> to my first wife. I know she keeps. So, um, we had to walk over the ground. I figured I'd bring it up, right? It's like you got to do it, right? It's like if you walk, if you drive by the church where you got married to your first wife, are you not going to go, hey, there's the St. Mary, your first Jesus Christ of Latter Day people? I mean, that's where I got married. Of course, you're going to bring it up. So, uh, so anyway, so that's that's yeah. why. I mean, it was the it was a it was it was kind of like ending and beginning. Bob was the end and beginning celebrity in our lives, in my life. Yeah. He, uh, Full House was one of my favorite shows right. ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Um, and I remember when he, <clears throat> he came in and did an interview with the morning show and we caught him in the hallway and was just like, I never got starstruck by guys. Like I remember several times he's like, you want to come and take a picture? I'm like, no, I got to run the break and do weather, whatever. You take a picture with Jared from Subway. Glad I didn't take that picture by the way. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, like Bob was so welcoming and friendly and everybody had the same resonating feeling about him. And I feel like, um, I loved him before and never got starstruck, really excited that he was so welcoming. And, um, just that when he, when he passed, I, I would, I, I'd hate to think that there weren't more people in the world who did what you and I have done in the last several months where, you know, something like that happens and you realize, you know, Bob was such a good guy to everybody. He really connected everybody together. 
what are we still holding on to any of this for? Are we even holding on to it? We're probably not, but are we, you know, is it time for us to reach out everything that everybody's been through in the last two years, et cetera? Like, you know, it was, I just found that to be interesting that of all of the things that it could have been for us to connect, like it was, it was Bob Saget's passing and, you know, in a twisted way, he's probably uh, grateful for it. And he probably would call us pussies or whatever, for, you know, for, uh, you know, using that, but he was just, he was awesome. And yeah, when he did those, uh, when he did those, um, uh, uh, that full house episode with us, that was fucking awesome. Oh, it's hilarious. It so oh my, awesome. it was what it's what still today. One of my most yeah. favorite bits. And you know, and, and it was, I remember afterwards, you know, we, we had valeted our cars and we were all waiting for them to bring it up. And I knew what was happening. Uh, Otto knew what was happening. We had that. We don't really like each other type of thing going on, but we were cordial and professional right. on the air and I remember the last time I saw him at the VIP and I was just like, well, this is it right here. And I didn't think I would got the text from him later, but I feel like he needed to vent and kind of get yeah. the quote unquote last word in, which is fine. Whatever. Um, what happened afterwards, though, with the social media, I didn't see that coming. And the only reason I didn't like actually it worked out to my benefit that I didn't respond because I, I think in the eyes of the public you guys look like the bad guys because sure. of the, the social media stuff. My wife was furious because literally we're walking down. Um, we had just gotten engaged cause we just flown out to, to Vegas and we're walking down the strip. And I think the first time that I seen something posted, we were like walking right past the Venetian and you know, you get spotty cell service out there. And she's like, have you seen your Facebook? And I'm like, no. And it's like 260 messages. I'm, I'm reading through. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I'm yeah. getting roasted here. And just something told me not to respond, just enjoy my time in Vegas. And then everything kind of started happening so fast where when I got to Atlanta in the sports world, it was a different world. I was a suit and tie taking promo shots. I'm not getting caught up in this, you know, internet right. stuff. And, you know, I remember my program director saying, you know, you don't even respond to this. You know, you're not part of that anymore. You're part of this. And I was like, okay, I'm starting over new. Now, I wish I would have responded kind of, because I wish I would have kept that social media audience. Like right, I left right. behind a huge following on a social huge. media, you know, and, and, you know, I think not that long ago, I changed the picture on the page just to kind of just, to, Did you? just, yeah. Or just like, I turned it into a color. Like I posted purple just to see a change. And there's people that yeah. would reply, go, Oh, I forgot. I followed this page or does this show still exist? You know? So I was like, is there, I think there's any way I can go back after all these years and grab these people from the social media and bring them over here. Uh, Have you been able to, I haven't even tried. I, I, no. I, I, I could now, like, I think that, Post this episode on there, and that'll blow everyone's mind. Yeah, oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. You know, I think I think Nate, you're probably still the administrator for that page. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I still run it. I still run it, and it has it has eleven thousand followers on wow. it. And you and now you can merge Facebook pages. So oh. fuck, we could merge them together and and just listen to people bitch at us. How long have you been able to do that, Nate? What have you been holding out on Jason for? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Merge away, what? merge, merge. Okay, I mush, don't know. Just, mush, merge, just remember, there. Usually, with anything, half the people love you, half the people hate you. So, story we've my seen life. that with uh, yeah. with doing advertisements. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be lucky if I were a fifty fifty guy. I'm more of a seventy thirty. So, <laughs> it's, right. it's it's fine. All right, I do it's have to. I, I do have yeah. to go. 
Yeah, um, I got to go to a meeting too. But 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 I want you back on anytime. Please. And if Please. you ever want to come over to Atlanta, we have a place for you mm-hmm. and your wife to stay. Not a problem. We would love to. Uh, actually, uh, I'll say this when we get off here. I'll tell you something. But um, uh, okay. So the business wise. For our Atlanta audience, for our Georgia audience, even for our Florida audience, especially our North Florida audience, but hockey fans, there is a new professional hockey team in the state of Georgia. They're called the Ghost Pirates. They play out of Savannah, and they're getting ready to start their inaugural season. And Brian Sclover, not Bull, but Brian Sclover is the guy there. Thank you. And you go and you support them, and you buy tickets, and you follow them on social media, and you say you heard it all from the BS and the conversation that we had with uh, Mr. Sclover. That's what you said. Absolutely. Yeah, please email me, Brian, at ghostpirateshockey.com. I will put on the uh, the sports hat for a second and do some uh, quick points. Uh, we're going to sell out opening night for our inaugural season. The best way to get into that is by uh, becoming a phantom, a part of our season ticket member. So uh, take advantage of that if you can. Ghostpirateshockey.com is our website or the email address I just gave you. We have a brand new arena and market arena, which is a world-class facility. Uh, we have better amenities than most of the uh, buildings in the NHL. So we're going to put an outrageous show on and we're going to bring hockey to Savannah and uh, it's just an outrageous place to visit in general. Uh, even if like Brandon's going to come for the bananas. So uh, good luck in a ticket for that though. Those games sell out months in advance. So yeah. And, um, I, and I don't want our audience to get it confused because when Brandon gives out his email address, it's very similar to yours. His is Brandon at buttpirates.com. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping I, you know, I was hoping that that's, I'll give it to you. You can take that. But you like, you know how many people have like I've shared because I know you're not like envious of what I'm doing, but they're like, Oh, the butt pirates. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're making $10 an hour voice tracking stations that are irrelevant. And I'm doing what I'm doing. Cause you say butt pirates. But see, I didn't take a shot at but the organization. I took a shot not. at Brandon because Amen. he is my punching bag. Sorry, Sorry, Brandon. Scapegoat. That's right. Sorry, Brandon. Scapegoat. Sorry, dude. Renee and I were talking yeah. about this the other day. It's the only reason we keep you around so I can do a little comic relief in the middle of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Blame me when things go bad. Yeah. You're, 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 you're like, you're like the meal between the appetizers in the main course, you know, not a lot free of people, bread. Y- yeah. You're like the crackers. Yeah, yeah. You're free bread. <laughs> oh, that's your appetizer saver. That's your intern name. Free bread. Free bread. Free bread. Free bread. You like that rap music? That sounds like a rapper name. Free bread. That's oh, what you are. Are bro. you a rap music fan, Brandon? Oh, oh yeah. Love yeah. Rap. Where, what kind of like, where's your, your top artist right now? Uh, top artists, uh, probably like Drake, Lil Wayne, Lil okay. Baby, you know, okay. kind of, kind of mix. Rich the mainstream Rich stuff. Rich fuck, start from the bottom up, top, I'm Drake. He hates, he hates my top three songs because he's not cultured. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy, Jason, is that like, especially in hockey, these kids now, the, um, the, uh, the attitude that they have is a swag and they listen to the hip hop music, like heavy, the warm up mix for the lightning is, is like three quarters hip hop and rap. And it's, I mean, you listen to some of it and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm getting amped up from this too. It's some, there's some good stuff there. That's all my daughter. Her, that's all my daughter and her friends listen to is, do they? Yeah. Like we were over at a graduation party for one of her friend's brothers. You know, uh, and 
I'm walking through and I'm just like, not interested. I got to get out of here. I can't. I, get you. I understand. I can't even go out to my best friend who's a DJ in Vegas, you know, at Hakkasan, the biggest nightclub in the world or one of the biggest mm. playing that. Is he still out there? He's still out there. Yeah. Because yeah. our league meetings are at the end of June. I'll be out there for five days. So if you'd like to go to Hakkasan or Wet Republic or any of those things, let me know. And you can go hang out with DJ Retro on the ones and twos. I knew it was him still. Had to have been him. <laughs> Yeah, he'll give me a microphone, and I have to revert back to my Zuma Beach days from the nineties. And make some noise. Return Rachel on though; she was like, "Would it?" Oh yeah, she saw me. Let's save more of that for our next conversation because my wife has a disdain with you from your XL days. But we'll save that for another time because that's an extended story. Wow, what a great cliffhanger! So, all right, we'll. I still got the radio guy in me. We'll have to get you on like next week then because I need to hear this. All right, Uh, Ghost Pirates, be a part of it, especially for the people here in Georgia. Thank you so much, brother. It was great having you on. It really, really was. I'm glad we're here um, we are. and uh this forevermore because we're, we're we just don't i don't think we have the blood pressure for it anymore to be honest with you me neither <laughs> me neither there's, there's too many good things to come from a good relationship than there are from a bad relationship so i'm i'm really excited and and again thanks to nate because he really kind of probably kept us connected together while we were still finding the footing and uh, i know it means a lot to him and you know nate's just one of the best people i've ever met in my life so Thanks, guys. Oh, thank Thanks, dude. Happy Friday, fuckers. I love it. I still have my Digi Dude Nate beer in my uh, my bar downstairs. I never drank it. I can't come bring myself to drink it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll have to bring you in our new one, our Adios Beaches from when we moved to Mexico. Please yeah. do. Please right. do. All right, buddy. Got to run. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. You want to know when the best time to upgrade your house? Always. Always a good idea. It's great for your property value, especially if you're in the business of trying to sell it right now. And definitely the kitchen and definitely the bath. UCI Kitchen and Bath, that's where you need to be. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator plus installer for the past 20 years. Extremely fair prices, quality of work, excellent service, uh, sets them apart from their competitors in their industry, which is a busy, busy industry. So if you want to visit the showroom located in Norcross, Georgia, right there, you can see their cabinets, you can see the granite, you can see the countertops, you can see the quartz, you can see the marble, you can see the quartzite, and you can watch them cut it there too. It's a one-stop shop as UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides the installation on whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So, save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular priced countertops. UCIGranite.com. Veteran owned, established in 2009, Rockland Contracting. David Hawks is your guy, specializing in deck design and build. He's got this amazing 3D software. You'll see virtually what your deck will look like before it's done. Here's the thing. David Hawks has been with the Bailey Show podcast for a very long time, and he has booked up throughout the summer. 
So right now, if you're thinking about getting a deck design, he also specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, interior and exterior painting. You got to book now with Rockland Contracting for the fall months. You can get a hold of them at 678-879-3867. 678-879-3867. So many of you two percenters have gotten a hold of David Hawks and Rockland Contracting, and he can't thank you enough. He needs some help. So if you're an experienced deck builder or you know how to do anything else that Rockland Contracting does, get a hold of David Hawk, 678-879-3867 or rocklandcontractingllc.com. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, Graphic Design and Apparel, Create Graphics, is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide-format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net, C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962, 770-369-9962. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. The new beds, music beds that Brandon pulled for me. Snappy, are they not? Pretty badass. Yeah. Makes you just want to fight your mother. Something like that. Made it myself. Nate, did that conversation with Bull make you happy? It did. I know it did. Makes my heart warm. Yeah. We had some good times. Yeah. It's It's always good to see people, you know, get back together. I guess you guys have got back together a lot. Yeah, we're like Tina and Ike. It's 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 been a thing. Like I said, he's the only guy that that I've been friends with that I've I don't want to say given other numerous chances to because it goes both ways. But uh, like most people, I just write off. You know that. You fucking mm-hmm. cross me once. There's not a three strike rule for me. You do one thing that is just not acceptable there's life is too short to surround yourself with negative dumb people and so i'll just write you off um but i think that's healthy and that's why i don't talk to my mother you know that's why i don't talk to my other brother you know um just because it's too negative i didn't want the drama in my life hate drama hate it people think that's not true if people think i like drama i don't like drama i really don't certain type of drama maybe (laughs) (laughs) it's like "Hmm." Yeah, but I, I don't make the drama. Like what happened mm. in the what happened in the Bahamas? I didn't make. Oh no, not that. Stop breathing, but, you know. But I mean, the black cloud exists for a reason, and as Brandon has said before, a lot of times the uh, tell people how to do their jobs or what they're doing, that's going to cause some drama. <laughs> you can't be a teacher unless you have students. You know, and so you were not hired to be the teacher. <laughs> some students aren't worth teaching. You know, if people told that to Jesus back in the BCs, right, then he would have just given up and we would not have religion today. Um, so he was telling people that they needed to believe in his dad, you know. So he fought the system. I'm just walking in his footsteps, Birkenstocks and all. You know? uh, so you got, went and saw Top Gun in the Mexican movie theater. You enjoyed it. 
This I, mm-hmm. I forgot to ask you in the first segment. Was the sound good? Yeah. What do you mean? Was it like what an old school theater, like a dollar theater that would be here in the States? Or was it stadium seating and the chairs reclined and it had the Dolby sound and, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't know what they call it. I mean, if it's like El Dolby or something here, but uh, yeah, it was stadium seating. Nice. It, yeah, it wasn't an old theater. It, it was nice. Was it was it American, an American theater, like an AMC or a Regal? No, they, they don't have either of those here. Um, it was... I think there's two here, the two different malls. One is uh, Cinepolis, and the other one is Cinemex. Um, so I, w- I think we went to the Cinemex one. Which would be Cinemax in English. Yeah, well, Does that mean Mexican movie? Yeah, like Mex, like M-E-X. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's tricky. Like like Cine, C-I-N-E, like cinema, uh-huh. and then Mex, Cinemex. So if they have cable down there, is Cinemax actually Cinemex? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> the Cinemex channel. <laughs> LHBO. <laughs> Everything's Mexican. So next movie you got to go see, and there's a good run of movies trying to get people back in the theaters. Top Gun, they make it apparent at the beginning of the movie. There's a little promo. Nicole Kidman comes out get, welcoming you back to the theaters. Tom Cruise has a one-on-one. Sit down. Thank you. Not releasing it anywhere else, just in the theaters. We're seeing more and more of that to get you back in the theaters. And I think that's important because it's a great – I don't want to see the theater business go under. Uh, the other blockbuster that's out is Jurassic – Bad timing, good timing to get people back in the theaters. Bad timing to, I think, outdo Top Gun, because I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. But it's um, not only the closure of the Top Gun franchise, but the Jurassic Park franchise with the new Jurassic World something. Dominion? Dominion. Dominion, yeah. And it's got all the players from all the movies. And it's phenomenal. It is really, really good. I didn't realize how much of a Jurassic Park fan I was until I watched this movie. Like, remembering things from all the different movies, like I was like, oh, yeah, that, and you kind of piece it all together, very much like Top Gun, where the Easter eggs you're looking for them and stuff like that. The The line of the movie, okay, it's not a spoiler alert, just make sure you pay attention if you haven't seen it yet. The line of the movie is when they kind of first all come together, the players from all the different movie franchise, the movies, and somebody says, oh, you're from Jurassic, you, or you've been to Jurassic World, or you've seen Jurassic World, or something like that, referencing Jurassic World. And Jeff Goldblum goes, not a fan. And that's it. That was the only line, because he wasn't a part of, I guess, that movie, right? So he says, not right. a fan. He was, you know, the original. That was funny. But, you know, you, Jurassic Park is a weird cult-like following with the franchise. Nate and I have a friend that's so much of a fan, especially of Jeff Goldblum, that she went out and bought a Jeep and repurposed the Jeep to look like the Jeep from the original Jurassic Park, which was way badass. Uh, She's just like a die. She's the first diehard Jurassic Park fan that I ever met and realized that there is a fan base for this movie that through thick and thin, through hell and high water, will talk Jurassic Park with you. Uh, didn't realize it until then. You Jurassic World fans here, Nate? Yeah, I feel like this is almost like my 
my Star Wars because I liked the original, maybe not all of the original three. The first, the first one obviously is the best. The second, the first three are kind of like um, Back to the Future, where first one is the best, second one's pretty good, third one, yeah. The Jurassic Worlds are just it's jumping the shark for me. I, I couldn't get it. I thought they were all not great. Who is it? Chris Pratt is that? Is that the guy? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Pratt. Yeah. I like him. I just, it just, I, uh, maybe it's like, like I said, with you and the star Wars, uh, it just wasn't the same as the Jurassic parks. Yeah. I didn't mind them. I thought, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, they're almost kind of a completely different story, just rehashing where the dinosaurs came from and all that stuff. But I thought the, you know, that first one where, you know, they open up the park and he's teaching blue and, and he's the trainer of the dinosaur and Vincent D'Onofrio is the bad guy. And B.D. Wong is always, you know, involved from Law and Order somehow. Uh, he's in this one as well. And, and then, you know, the, the, the dinosaur stuff of, you know, swooping down and attacking the guests at the bar. That's kind of neat. You know, it's pretty because it's almost believable, right? It's like totally could remake dinosaurs. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I totally believe they could do this. Um, but of course, it always goes awry and something happens every time. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm glad it does. I don't want dinosaurs back. <laughs> no, thank you. Hey, look, according to my weekly reader that I wrote, uh, read as a kid, dinosaurs still exist in the deepest, darkest depths of the ocean that we've not yet discovered. They've all retreated there. The water dinosaurs. Believe that? I believe it. Yeah. I remember reading that weekly. You guys have weekly readers when you're in elementary school? Yeah. Yeah, I did. No. It was a little, like, publication that you'd read. That eventually morphed into Channel One, where uh, one of the Asian girls, Lucy Liu, Lisa Ling. Lisa Ling. Yeah. Lisa Ling, yeah. Lisa Ling and Justin Gunn. I don't know whatever happened to Justin Gunn, but Lisa Ling and Justin Gunn, they turn on the big box TV and uh, because I was a bad kid, I found out that universal remote controls work with those TVs as well. So as soon as they turned it on, I'd play with the volume, and I'd turn it on and turn it off, and the teachers would flip out and not have a clue what's going on. That's like one of the best <laughs> high school pranks ever. <laughs> I love that. One of my phones, they had a, it was a Samsung S5. It had an IR thing on the end of it, and I would turn the projector on and off. Oh, they'd get so mad. <laughs> oh, I missed that phone. I had, a, I had the watch. I had the remote control watch. And I, when we were watching movie or going to watch a movie for a class, before the class started, I would fast-forward the movie to the end so it would take longer. <laughs> to rewind it again and i kept on doing it <laughs> y'all are bad <laughs> we, we had a our english teacher who was not all there her name was mrs scaffa or miss scaffa miss scaffa she looked exactly like uh ursula the sea witch Ooh. okay she i mean to a t she looked exactly and she was crazy i mean she was crazy like for halloween she'd pull out a jar of candy corns and say that they were her bunions and force us all to eat them. Uh, there was a fight in the classroom, and one of the dudes in the fight was a big guy, a football player, and she whipped his ass. She came over and took him down and threw him up against the wall like he was a rag doll. He was about 230 pounds, so she beat the shit out of him. Um, and then you could tell her that a desk was not living, like the desks that you were sitting at, you would tell her the desks aren't living, and she would stockpile them in the corner and say that they need to go to the desk graveyard and they'll be repaired when the desk gods come. I mean, like she was nuts, right? <laughs> so when I used to, do, I would always do it in this classroom because it was funnier because she was, she, she was clueless and she was crazy. And, um, and she would, I mean, flip out. 
she would run down to the office, say that the TV was possessed. The principal would come in or the, the head nun. And just like, you know, it's like, we need to get the Lord in here because our television is possessed. And then she'd blame it on a kid. And it's probably Billy in the back. He's been bad this week. He's got the devil inside him. I mean, it was, cr- I mean, she was nuts, but that was a lot of fun. Jurassic World, really, really good. Also, um, the new Stranger Things on Netflix, really, really good. It's scary. Like, yeah, really fucking gory and really fucking scary. Really? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I didn't sure. remember the, uh, maybe they were and I just don't recall them, but no. I don't remember it being such a like kind of gore horror movie or uh, show. The other three seasons were nothing like this. I thought it was scary. Maybe I'm just a puss. Yeah, but it was scary like. It was car- jumpy. Cartoon scary. I thought it was yeah. scary scary. Oh, did you? That's just me. Oh, this is. But yeah, just like the gore. bones breaking and stuff like, whoo. Yeah, this is gory. Like it makes you squirm in your seat. You know, like you see a bunch of kids that are dead. I mean, that that's horrible, right? I mean, you know, they get they, they saw blood and, like you said, bones cracking and and stuff. But uh, people love it. Uh, Stranger Things season four is Netflix's most watched show ever. Really? Ever? You know, Squid Game. Ever? Yeah, I just said. Ever. Yeah. yeah. I never watched that one either. Here, let me give you some numbers. Uh, first part of Stranger Things season four, because they only go up to seven episodes, and then they've got new episodes they release on July one. Is because again, it got me. You know, we're sitting there, we're watching it, and we're like, "Yeah, we're getting through it. It's never going to end." You know, it's like the, we've got so much more to watch, and it ends, and we're like, "What the fuck?" But you got to look at the beginning. And it says new episodes uh, July first. Anyway. Season four of Stranger Things, now Netflix most watched English language series ever. It already has 781 million hours viewed, and it's only been out for 17 days, give or take. The all-time list measures viewership over a show's first 28 days. The new season's already surpassed Bridgetown season two. I don't even know what that is. Bridgerton? Oh, Bridgerton. Sorry, Bridgerton. What is that? That was that kind of, like, they're all, it's, like, British. It takes place in, what, like, the 1700s or something. It's kind of like Gossip Girl, if you know that. Oh, well, I guess that was the the deal. Uh, $656 million in the first season of that, $625 million. It was a big one. Squid Game is still at number one with 1.65 billion hours viewed within its first 28 days, but it's a Korean language show. That's insane. Isn't that insane? One six point six billion hours. One, so you ha- you have twice as many hours viewed for Squid Games on Netflix to Americans for a Korean language show, but <laughs> the English shows don't even come close. That's nuts. <laughs> that just doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, it, it makes sense though because the Squid Game, like, it's a worldwide phenomenon where anybody can watch it. Uh, Stranger Things. The '80s pop American pop culture, everybody else doesn't care about because they didn't. We grew up with that stuff. They, you know, the rest of the world didn't, so it doesn't make sense to them, probably. Yeah, and they keep true with that too. You know, there's a lot of similarities to ET, and um, it's a resurgence of. I didn't realize how much I liked Kate Bush. I forgot about Kate Bush, but that song is great song. Great song. Uh, I didn't realize how much it sounds like at least the beat to Yaz, the band Yaz. But they, I thought that was brilliant. You take kind of an obscure song from the 80s that had its moments, but people have way forgotten about it, and make it the star of the show. Like, that's the reason, you know, 
That's the I don't want to give anything away, but that's the reason, right? It's all yeah. because of fucking Kate Bush probably had nothing, knew nothing about it. Somebody calls her up and says, oh, by the way, your album sales are, or your streams are up uh, 2,000% on Spotify right now. <laughs> Expect a check in the mail. I haven't seen a fucking check in 30 years. <laughs> Expect a check in the mail. It's coming. Mm, uh, there's also a list of callbacks to earlier seasons that fans have spotted. Like, for example, Eleven is seen wearing the blue hair tie that Hopper gave her in season two which belonged to his daughter that passed away. See, I don't remember a lot about the other seasons, so I couldn't, I, I, that, I got nothing for you on that. Do y'all remember, I think it was season three, when they were like in the mall, like they were notably in the mall like all the time? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, would, that was... Uh, that was my childhood mall. Yeah, Gwinnett, Gwinnett Place. Yeah, Gwinnett Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and were, they redid it. It redid looked it. just like it did in its heyday. It was so cool. That, that's, that's why, I, I, you know, the idea of having a retro mall, I got it from that. Because I thought that was so cool. If you're if you're able to buy those brands, like somebody owns those brands, they just own the brand. They don't do anything with the brand. They just own the brand. Like somebody owns, uh, was it RVC the television right or RCA? I'm mm-hmm. sorry, RCA. Somebody, yeah, that company doesn't exist, but somebody owns it. Like Sony owns it, so they put out RCA television still that are made in a Sony warehouse or whoever owns it um, because of the brand. There is a fan base for that band brand, mostly old school, but it's, it's a credible, like it's like, Oh, it's an RCA must work. That kind of thing. Uh, Radio shack is, I think making a resurgence. Somebody bought the brand and is just going to redo it a different way with the brand. Personally, I liked radio shack. You know, I like to know that, they were like mattress firms. They were on every corner. And if you just needed a cord or a plug, you had no problem paying over an overpriced, you know, price tag on it because it was right down the street. I like Radio Shack. Toys R Us. Somebody bought the brand. They're doing a, a Toys R Us, I think, are, are coming into Macy's. So some maybe Macy's brought, bought the brand, whatever the case may be. Nice. To, to, yeah, to have a mall by Benetton, by structure, by um, uh, Camelot Music. By what was the game? GameStop. I mean, I know it's GameStop now, but what was it called? Um, when I worked there, Babbage's. Babbage's, that's right. By Oak Tree. By, uh, before Macy's, uh, there it was Burdines or Florida, uh, Florida, Florida something or another, whatever. You know, so, some of these, the Hex up north, Macy's bought out. You know, and these are all market specific, like Hex was a, I think, a Northeast Maryland type of thing. But, you know, to have a retro mall, it's nostalgia. Like I always say, very, very powerful emotion. You know, how cool would that be? And you charge to get into the mall. You you charge. It's like an attraction. You charge to get into the mall and have people dress the part. You have a boardwalk fries. In the uh, in the in, in the the food place, food court, food court. Thank you. You have a smoking section <laughs> in the food court. You have a skyline chili in the food court. You have a Del Taco in the food court. You know, uh, you have a Yo. Sabaros in the food court. I love a good mall. Oh. Yeah. We still we still have Radio Shack here. Well, yeah, but Mexico's like ten years behind with American stuff. I mean, they're still yeah, living, they're still living the dream. Which is a good yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what, what other places would you put in there? Can you think of any other? 
I let him on this roll? Claire's. Claire's. Claire's was around, right? J.C. Penny. J.C. Penny. Sears. Sears. Oh, that's a all good these one. things still exist though. Not Sears. It sounds like a regular mall. No, 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 not no. J.C. Penny. Yes, that, that it still exists, but Sears are all closed up. Um, just recently in the past couple of years, but Benetton does not exist. Uh, Claire's does exist. Oak tree does not exist. Structure does not exist. Express is structure, right? That's mm. the company express bought Benetton too. You know, all the colors and whatnot. Uh, there is another chick clothing store that was really popular back in the late eighties, early nineties. Forget what it was. Wet seal. Oh. Wet, wet seal. seal. That's a great one. Good one. That's Deep cut. Wet seal was always on the corner of the mall that nobody went to on the corner and nobody ever knew what the fuck it was. You're like, what is this place? <laughs> but they sold bathing suits that were over, that were kind of expensive bathing suits, but it was such an odd thing just to have one store full of fucking bathing suits for chicks, not even for guys, you know, just racks and racks of bikinis, you know, and nobody was ever in there. You would think like all the hottest girls would be in there walking around in their bikinis, but they they weren't. Uh, Victoria's Secret existed at that time. They've been around for a very, very long time. So you have Victoria's Secret. They still exist. Um, yeah. But, you know, you those you couldn't buy the brands. They would have to open up a store. You would, you, you would encourage them to open up a store, but the other ones you would have to probably license the brands uh, and then give it to whatever parent company you know, they're going to be working for Express under the Benetton name or the under the structure name. But you would do up the store like it was back in the day, you know, which is way cool. Yeah. Such a great idea. Oh, yeah. Love the idea. Yeah. It costs a lot to do all the product. Or are you talking about where you can actually shop at them or just to look like it? And it's like a museum. That I'm still work in progress. Imagine a mall museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would probably it's be true. easier because you wouldn't have to find a bunch of manufacturers and distributors and pay for all the marketing and stuff like that. But, Just make it a museum. But it'd be, you'd be like more like a museum gift shop where you could leave with some merchandise. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get <laughs> some cater to that. Jinko's at Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Ah, that was another pack. Spencer's. Spencer's was around. Pack Sunner's around. What Hot was that, topic. Brandon? So this is catering to people that grew up in the eighties. I mean, how are you going to get new kids to come in there? It's it's retro. I mean, the, the, it's not for you. Yeah, the fuck okay, off. Well, that's, I didn't think so. Okay, so it'll this die is out the also. new. <laughs> this is the new Fubu for us by us. <laughs> you, you, kids would go just like the kids right now. The, the TikTok. What's the what's the number one song on TikTok right now? Kate Bush. Was it Run Up the Hill or Run to the Hill? Run Whatever. Up that hill. Run Up the Hill. It's the number one song. All kids, my daughter and her friends, it's all they're playing. They love it. That song came out like fucking 82, 83. Yeah. Right? So uh, everything old is new again, just as long as you bring some attention to it. Kids today, kid, kids right out, they would love this mall. They would pay, you know, you sell a membership, you know, everything's memberships. So like you can pay $4.99 or $9.99 to get in. Or you buy a membership for X amount of dollars, you get a discount for the year. It's like a fucking amusement park. And you go in there. You'd have that area where they always were doing model searches. Yeah. That you always knew was a scam. Yeah, you'd have that. You'd have that. And then all the one-hit wonders from the 80s and 90s perform there periodically. Yeah, like new kids on the block. That would be so cool. Hanson is there. You'd have a live venue. That would be so cool. Um, so yeah, anyway, that, that's my big idea. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I think it's great. If I had the money, I would so do it. 
just a there, you know, the mall in Sarasota when I was in high school and in college, like I, Jill, you don't know this about me, but I have, I love malls. I love, love malls. The reason I love malls so much is my grandmother was my rock and growing up, she was really the only steady thing that I had in my life. And we would spend a lot of, I was her favorite grandkid. We'd spend a lot of time together and we would go to the mall. Now my grandmother never drove and this is in Maryland. So she would either be living in Annapolis, Maryland or Glen Burnie, Maryland. But we would live at the Annapolis mall, love the Annapolis mall. And we would pack sometimes our own lunch and we'd have a tuna fish sandwich and we'd sit on the bench and we'd talk. And then she would always buy me a toy and, you know, she would say, here's $5, Jay, here's $5. And she just, at eight years old, just run rampant in the mall. and that go. might to, as well have been a million bucks when you're eight. One, one of the things we forgot is an arcade. Got to have an arcade. Got to have an arcade. Got to have an yeah. arcade. So, and I'd go to the arcade and she'd, you know, occupy herself. And because I was a kid and selfish and I didn't care what she did and I'd do my thing. <laughs> so anyway, I love the mall. During Christmas, I'll just walk around the mall by myself. We went back to Sarasota uh, a couple years ago. It was, I think, the celebration of... No, that was just a different time. But anyway, we took Ariel with us. Ariel loves the mall, too. I was like, oh, you've got to go to this mall. This was... this. I love this mall, Sarasota Square Mall. This was the mall. I worked in this mall, lived in this mall, hung out in this mall, took dates to this mall. This was my mall in high school. And the smells, the sounds, I was so excited. I could feel them before I even got there. And we pull up where there was once, I think it was maybe a Dillard's or something. It's a Costco. And I'm like, huh. Uh, where the movie theater was, was no longer there. You know, and if you have a go-to mall, you most likely have a go-to parking space uh, or spot. And even after all these years, I remember where I would park. And I was like, oh, a lot of people going into Costco in the mall where I used to park. This is weird. Okay. Anyway, let's get out. We go in. This mall was the biggest shithole I've ever seen. There was like zero stores. It was dark. It, it looked like, you know, those pictures you see online of amusement parks that nobody goes to anymore and they've got all the weeds coming up. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Everything was dirty, outdated. There were no stores that made sense. They were all like people buying space in there, you know, like, here, come into Johnny's Tuxes, you know, that kind of stuff. There, there was no vibe to it. There was nobody in there. Nobody was hanging out. I'm, like, I'm thinking that it was going to be like it was in 91. No, 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 no. Not, not the case. And she was like, uh, this is where you hung out. I was like, oh no, no, wait a minute. This is the this is the newer part. Maybe they're redoing something. Let's go to the old part. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. They they hadn't done any they didn't done anything to it. Like literally, they had done nothing to it. It's it was exactly the same, but it was abandoned. It was horrible. Nobody was walking through. There was no stores to shop in. There was like maybe 10 people in the whole mall. Not outside of Costco. Everybody's going to Costco, but nobody's going in the mall. They built some new mall up the street that everybody goes to, I guess. That's what happened to Gwinnett Place. Because back in the day, Gwinnett Place, if you're from Gwinnett, was the only mall that we had until the Mall of Georgia came into existence. Have y'all ever been out there? Yeah, some bitches. It is a fucking shit show. Yeah. It's, I, it drove me away from going to the mall. It's like the but, Florida, Florida Mall where all the tourists go. It's yeah. just too much. Yeah, because it's like, what, one of the biggest malls in the country or something? People just come to see the novelty of it and ruin it for the people that live there. Yeah. Save the theaters, yeah. save the malls. 
There's a, I think it's on Netflix and I think it's called abandoned ghost malls or something like that. And these guys go in and explore like abandoned malls and it's just like, like nothing has changed other than things being broken from kids and stuff, but it's pretty cool actually. Oh, that's brilliant. That's way cool. What a great idea. Especially if they could do, you know, a Titanic thing where, you know, you go into the depths of the water and the Titanic has been sitting on the ground floor and then it just all starts to slowly come back to what it once was. You know, if you could do that in a mall where you're walking through and you're like, yeah, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit, and then come back and just redo it like it was. I, I fucking, there's just an energy about, used to be an energy about the mall. It's just not there anymore. Mm, it's so sad. Yeah. Like, literally, I go up to the North Point Mall just to get rubs from my Asian guys, you know, from the Accu. And they don't even work there. There's just some guys there. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> it was in the parking lot. It takes me a minute to find him, but I'm like, if you're Asian, I'm giving you money and you will rub me. Uh, this episode of the BS uh, presented by Mac Development Group. So if you're looking to build your dream cabin or mountain home in Western North Carolina, you got to get a hold of the fine folks at Mac Development Group. They really are good, good people, and they know what they're doing. They offer up a very unique service. Like if you're looking, you know, at this cabin stuff or the mountain stuff, kind of like our Paradise City, they offer a one-stop shop. So their team will handle everything for you from your land acquisition to design to general contracting and building. It's a pain in the ass in this world if you're looking to do all these different things, you've got to deal with a bunch of different contractors. Mac Development Group is a one-stop shop, and currently right now they're booking for full-time builds. You can get a hold of them, macdevelopment.com. That's M-A-C-K development.com. Uh, uh, before we do uh, the one question with Brandon, uh, back to the Jurassic World thing, I, I meant to ask you, Nate, what do you think is the most devote fan base for a franchise uh i I gotta say star wars Uh, it's one of the only there's some other ones that dress up but star wars is one of the the well-known ones where people dress up to go to and i mean just the star wars nerd is like so cliche now it's it's a it's a thing everybody knows that uh people are very into star wars okay i agree star wars i don't think anyone's gonna argue with you on that what would be the second most devote, devoted fan base for a movie franchise? Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That's a good one. Yeah, I was going to say one. Lord of the Rings. Or Lord of the Rings. Not Star Trek. Yeah. Ooh, Star no, because Harry, Harry Potter actually, there, there's two um, installments at amusement parks right now, and it's Star Wars and Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, so, awesome. it's so everybody, I mean, they've realized it's so big. They've made parks for these certain things. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I would agree. I've never seen a Harry Potter, but I would agree with you on that. Uh, Brandon, is that what you'd say too? Uh, I was kind of thinking like a horror movie. Cause those people, you know, there's some cult horror people, maybe like a Halloween Halloween. Mm. Yes. Well, Zach Myers from shinedown when we had him on, he kind of uh, alluded to the fact that he's in the next installment of Halloween. He's just a diehard fan. You know, he had the, the, the mask and stuff in the background. Yeah. The horror, the horror scene is pretty good. Like, and then you would break it down to the biggest horror franchises, Halloween, uh, nightmare, you know, which by the way, Robert England is in the new stranger things. 
He, I, oh yeah, that's right. He, I think he plays the the, the Venga, the scary guy. Venga, yeah. Um, so you got Nightmare, Halloween, and Jason. Those are the three big, probably mm-hmm. biggest cult horror movie. Now Texas Chainsaw Massacre wouldn't be in there, but those would be the three biggest. So out of those three, Halloween the biggest. I think so. Probably. I don't know. I might go. I might say Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, really? I was going to go Nightmare on Elm Street. Isn't that the same? I'm sorry. I'm not a horror guy, so I I may have been. Robert England is in Friday the Thirteenth. Is Jason? Oh, okay. You're right. Okay, so so the one. Yeah, the Freddy Krueger movies. I would say those ones for sure. That's what I would say too. You know, more people. If you're going to base it off of what they're dressing up as, Halloween, Freddy Kruegers. You're going to see more yep. Freddy Kruegers than Jason's or Mike Myers, right? They're still making yeah. the Halloween movies, though. I just said that. Oh. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah. They seem to be doing good. Yeah, pay attention, girl. You know, Sorry. Keep up with us here. I'm over here on the Facebook. Uh, but you but see a lot of people because they're making them doesn't mean they're good. Because <laughs> there's a lot of franchises that went too far with too many sequels and, and remakes. I, I've, I've never been a huge, huge, huge fan. Now, somebody's going to say probably if they're going to comment on this episode, this conversation on our social media, you guys are missing the superhero franchises. Oh, yeah. We forgot about, like, Superman. What about the Avengers? That one's pretty popular, too. People keep up with that one. Yeah, so you would, I would think in the superhero world, the two top franchises would be Batman and the Avengers. What about Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. People love Tom Holland. Okay, Spider-Man... Even though I, I don't, I, I, I'm not a fan of any of the Spider-Man movies. I would say Spider-Man what? and Batman. Superman's a little like Superman. They can't, they can't figure like Superman third. out. It just sucks. They just can't figure. I've it out. I've never watched any of those. But the Avengers, I would probably say, would be the top out of all those, right? Mm, I think Batman or, Batman or, yeah, yeah. I think Batman because it they've they've done and same thing with Spider-Man. They've just done so many of them. I mean, maybe they're just kind of watered down for me and I'm not a big comic guy or, or whatever, but, uh, but there's so many direct different directors and different leads and stuff that have done those movies. I feel like they're all pretty popular. And going off of what you're saying, the superhero stuff, universal has a whole section of, yeah. of, of Marvel. Yeah. Marvel, right? Yeah. Marvel's at universal, uh, Stanley, Stanley Marvel, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. There was something weird though because it's I, I don't re- recall it exactly, but it was whatever is at Universal is now owned by Disney or something like that. It was like some conflict. I thought. Yeah, there was part of the universe that Disney bought that Universal I think has the license from them. Yeah, maybe that's. But it. I'm not sure what it was. Um, Jill, Star Wars number one. Agree. I would say so. Harry Potter, number two biggest movie franchise. Yeah. Diehard fan. As far as devoted fans, devoted fan base. Yeah, people are crazy about their Harry Potter. Yeah. Like I said, never, haven't seen one Harry, I've seen a little bit of the Harry Potters. Yeah. You should watch them, they're good. It is the British thing, the kid, the wand, doesn't really (laughs) do much for me. Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan at all. Uh, All right, Brandon, are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. One question with Brandon. Hold on, before you start, can I say this? Because I don't know why I didn't think about this. Somebody brought this to my attention. We're not making a political statement with that, by no stretch of the imagination. 
it's more of a joke with Brandon. That's all. With the Harry Potter? No, the, oh. the let's go Brandon. You know, oh, okay, we're not yeah. trying to make a political statement. So don't, yeah, don't it's get my it. name. It's, 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 it's his name. It's Brandon. So it's spelled different. It's, yeah. that, we thought it was funny to put it in the, 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 the thing. It's not a, so just, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sparky's. I tell you, man, last week was hot as shit, and I know it because I was out there sweating my ass off, and I about passed out, and you don't want to be passing out in your yard doing yard work, so let someone else pass out in your yard while they're doing it. Give old Sparky's Lawn Service a call. He does all your mowing, your trimming, your edging. He might water your flowers while you're out there. Uh, If you don't have an irrigation system, uh, give him a call or email, preferably text him because he likes that, and I like that too at 706-897-2199 or shoot him an email at sparkyslawn at the gmail. Com. Wow. Very good. Nicely done. You're getting really good at that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It has been hot. But. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you, uh, if you had to choose what TV show would you live in? Ooh, that's a good question. What TV show would you live in? Well, this is probably going to depend on your age. Nate, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, my, one of my favorite shows, was growing up was and i know it's a remake of the movie i believe but there was a show i think it was on nickelodeon called land of the lost and it was basically they fell is same storyline as the i don't know when did the original come out do you know is that the dinosaur movie? it was black and white i can tell you that yeah um but it's it, kind of same storyline they fall into a hole they get transported back into back in the day but i just remember as a kid thinking it was so cool because they lived with their parents in a tree house so they wouldn't get eaten by dinosaurs but they're always doing stuff to try to you know gather food or whatever it was and not get killed i guess but i thought that would be kind of cool to live with dinosaurs oh it's not as old as i thought it was 1974 to 1976 i thought it was black and white that would have been black and white yeah that was probably black and white it was the dinosaurs and all that stuff yeah Okay. Oh, I guess the was the original a TV show also? I guess it was. Yes, the original was a TV show. Okay, cool. All right. Well, yeah, so I guess they remade it in the 90s and then um then they did the movie with I think Will Ferrell in like the 2010s. Well, there was a radio show in the 40s called Land of the Lost. Uh I think it might have been a little bit different though. Yeah. So there's a lot of Land of the Lost stuff. So you want to live in the dinosaur age? Yeah, I just think it'd be kind of cool to live in a treehouse and um, kind of make all your own stuff and, and actually see dinosaurs. Oh, okay. For the rest of your life, though? That'd be crazy. Yeah, then I wouldn't have to deal with anybody. Yeah, but you got to deal with a dinosaur eating you, gotta, you. Yeah, you got to run from a T-Rex, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think it'd be fun. Okay. <laughs> Jill, uh, the question again, Brandon, is what TV, TV show would you want to live, live in would you forever? Live in forever? I keep coming back to Save by the Bell. I don't know why. I think it's it was a simpler time. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have all those problems. Love the fashion. They're by the beach. Nothing too too crazy ever really happened. Like anything that they oh. any problems or issues, they bite, solved them real quick. Bite your tongue, uh, Jesse Spano getting hooked on the diet pills. <laughs> I actually saw that episode like a couple of weeks ago. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. She's like on speed. Yeah. Well, those are the diet pills. Is that a Fedrin? <laughs> <laughs> Simpler time. I think that'd be fun. So saved by the bell. So you want to go to Bayside every day, but they ended up you know working at the the resort during the summer and then the college years and. You know, right? so you're cool with that. Seems right? nice. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. I, so I'm going back as a kid. I would say as a kid, what how what TV show would I want to live in? I'm, that, that's how I took the question. Can I change my answer? No. Damn it. You're locked in. I got a good one. 
um, rocket power would be silver spoons with Ricky Schroeder. And I believe Alfonso Ribeiro was in that too, where Ricky Schroeder was a rich kid, had a train that went to the house. was just wealthy had a Butler, all that kind of stuff. That was like a kid's dream to live in that household. So probably silver spoons as a kid. Uh, I always liked family ties, you know, the Keatons, they were way cool. And then if you progress, um, the How I Met Your Mother crew, they seem like a good group of people to hang out with. I hate that show. What? I hate it. Why? I do not find it funny at all. Robin Sparkles? Are Fuck you kidding no. me? Oh, my God. Worst show on TV. Jason Siegel, Allison Hannigan. And don't get me started Josh on the Radner. end. Have you watched the entire series? Of what? How I Met Your Mother. I've seen everything, yeah. Yeah, the end is trash. Yeah, the, the, the end. They had this whole buildup. Nobody likes the end of anything. You, you name me an ending that you've enjoyed. This no. is true. There's no, nobody likes endings. Why? Because they're ending. <laughs> That's the but whole. it was a trash ending, not because it was the end, because of how they wrote it. You can't win when you end something. Well, they could have ended when it you end a relationship. Does it ever end well? You might think it does, but no. It doesn't because it's an ending. Endings are bad. They're always going to be bad. They just take time to marinate. I think that show should have ended sooner. Bob Saget as the narrator, as the voice. Uh, it's a great show. That. Anyway. Trash. Brandon, what about you? See, originally I thought SpongeBob, but I think SpongeBob might get on my nerves a good bit. So now I was like, yeah. I probably need something with more action. I think I'd probably uh, want to kick it with Khaleesi in Game of Thrones. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's dangerous, though. That's like Nate playing with the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, we got dragons and shit, and flying on dragons would be fun. That's a great question. Like, that, that's, that's, that, that's a great high question to ask. <laughs> you could sit there for hours and fucking talk about what television show you'd want to live in, how to debate it, why it's good, why it's bad, and then you, because everybody's going to want to throw out their television knowledge, their useless fact night while stoned out of their gorg. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, uh, podcastthebs.com. Don't forget, premium two percenters, that Brio 19-inch smokeless fire pit. If you are a premium two percenter, that means you subscribe to the commercial-free episodes. You're automatically in the running for that, including the weekly beer giveaway. Check your emails for that. Thanks to Pontoon Brewing. And uh, sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to do a new one here soon. It's always new. You get it. And you're very excited. The more and more popular. And we'll put together another Twitch party soon. Yes. We got to call it something. Come up with a name. Come up, Somebody come up with a clever name. Somebody comes up with a clever name and I use it. I'll send you some BH, uh, BS merch. We have to, and it needs to be named something. It really does. Why? I, don't, I like naming things. I don't know. <laughs> I like I like intros and I like naming things. I like zings and zangs and bings and bongs and all that kind of stuff. I like that. I like the ding, 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 the, and the wah, 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 wah. you know, I like that stuff. So I like names. You gotta put a name. Can't just say, join us on Twitch. That sounds so generic. You, you sure can. can. <laughs> <laughs> it, be it, worked, it worked last time. <laughs> that's what everyone says. All right. Well, that's what we'll do. Nate, you got anything before we get out? Save the clock tower and the malls. There you go. Uh, Brandon. Don't eat milk. There you go. Jill. Make America have malls again. There you go. I like it. All right. Uh, didn't somebody say that before? I don't think so. All right. No, maybe not. All right. Look, have yourself a great, safe rest of your day. As always, thanks for listening. Anyway. Get off my lawn.
It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.